All right, we're going to do this thing or what? <laughs> hey, hey, everybody. My name is Michael Rosso. This is the Film Photography Podcast, the internet radio show for people who love to shoot traditional film yeah. photography. Yeah. This is episode number 115, December 15th, oh. 2014, the last shoe of 2014. Wow. Yep, here we are, all cheery. Yeah. Yeah. All holiday ish, all holidayed out. Look yeah. at you guys. Mark has his red <laughs> shirt on. That's right. I haven't finished my, my Thanksgiving turkey yet. That's right. Mm. We're here in the studio, and before the rest of the gang comes in, uh, Mark Dalzell is here, and that, just like the last show, he can only stay for a little bit. Yeah, so I thought we recorded. What's your a problem, Mac? We record a little segment. Story. Uh, welcome, Mark. Hey. And uh, welcome, John. Hey, hi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what hey, we're talking about. Let's start the show off with a letter. I received an email recently from Paul Crote. K-R-O-T. That would be Crote, right? K-R-O-T. Crot. Crot or Crote. I'm going to say Crote. Okay. He says, hey, my name is Dave. Uh, <laughs> I his name was Paul. <laughs> no, this is... <laughs> no, no. Hey, I, I want to start the uh, show with a quick uh, email I received from David. David Dvorak. Dvorak. I'm pro- yeah, I'm probably mispronouncing. I'm sorry, Dave. Orchak. Orchak. He says, my name is Dave, and I'm the oh, communica- oh. hey, my name is Dave, and I'm the communications director for AS220, a not-for-profit community arts organization in Providence, Rhode Island. Amongst many, many, many other things, the AS220 operates the Paul Crote Community Darkroom. Oh. Ni- I saw pictures online. I mean, it'd be nice to have a community darkroom, wouldn't it? Well, you have Community darkroom? Yeah. That's a great idea. I have a community darkroom I don't let anybody else use. Yeah, it's in your house. Uh, the Paul Crote Community Darkroom, the only publicly accessible black and white darkroom in the state of Rhode Island. Jeez. And probably one of the very few in the New England region. We offer affordable workshops in analog photography, which I call traditional film photography. Sorry, Dave. Whatever. 35 millimeter, medium format, large format. Large format, various levels of darkroom workshops, lighting, landscape, architecture, photography. Anyone who has taken our intro into the darkroom course can then sign up for blocks of time to use, you know, their room to print as well. It's awesome. Use enlargers and what not. He says, just wanted to drop you a line about our endeavor since I've been a longtime fan of your podcast and the F. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> and you can go to www.as220. That's the letters twos, numbers twos. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's A- not confusing at all. It's as220.org. Yeah, yeah. The color two. Right. Uh, forward slash media arts forward slash a boot. A boot? <laughs> yes. A B O U T. Oh, about. Yes. Stoops. Okay. They, they, Dave, thanks. Check it out. Yeah. If you just Google so Paul Crote, K-R-O-T, the community darkroom, you get all the stuff. Too. And if you're in Rhode Island, man, save up all your black and white stuff and head That's down right. there one weekend. Head on down. Fred Flintstone. This email is from Andy Meek. Andy says, how to pronounce your name? Meek as in we shall inherit the earth. Uh, he says, subject, Morning. I want to say hi. Hey, I've been listening and catching up with the podcast now since finding it in January of this year. So I decided it was high time I dropped you guys a line. Mm. Yeah, it's about time, dude. I develop and scan all my black and white at home and have used a local community darkroom. Really? Well, where is he? He doesn't say where he is. Is he in Rhode Island? doesn't say. 
to try my hand at printing with reasonable success and hope to spend more time there when I can. Hey, Andy, where are you located? Maybe he'll say, hold on. I take a camera or two with me everywhere I go, so I tend to photograph anything. I would like to think I have a documentary style about my photography. I recently got an Instax wide for, mm. as a birthday present for my wife. I tried some impossible project stuff, too, but it's just too damn expensive over here. Yeah, Are you sure yeah. that camera was for your wife? So Instax all yeah. So Instax all the way. I'm thinking he's in, in Oh yeah. look, England. Yeah. Love the shoe. And he goes all the way to Rhode Island to develop. That's crazy. <laughs> it's great to listen to film talk because I don't have any film shooting friends. Aww. As he says. Sniff sniff. Yeah, so bummer. keep up the great work. Great as in Tony the Tiger. Great. Great. Andy Meek, Davon, England, UK. Yeah. Hey, there's some chatter online about uh, going over there. Oh, there is? Some interest. Where? Where is this chatter, John? Uh, well, you know, just emails. Point. On the real FPP forum. Who's You're emailing? Not in. Ah. Who's emailing you? No, for real. There's no one emailing you. It's, no, it's not true. It's true. What's true? Oh, I forget his name. Oh. <laughs> Dave, David. Uh, Dave Donker Dave? No. Dave. Tattoo, no. tattoo Dave. Tattoo no. Dave's in Maine. I don't know. I'm just throwing Dave's out. So you, someone emailed one. He's like, oh, I heard you talking on the show that you're missing merry old England. It would be really great to come back for it. Well, no, we hate England, actually. Well, you know. No way. I want to go over there and <laughs> go camera and record shop. Before we start recording, Mark, you weren't here yet, John. No, Mark. You embarrass me. You can't put this on because I forget the guy's name. He emailed uh, me you, right we now. know who you are. Oh, come on. Mark photographed me using a passport camera, using FP. 100C. Oh, God, I love this story. And uh, <laughs> I am uh, going to get my passport renewed. Yay. So, no, no. You know what? I may have to get mine renewed. Yeah, so. mine expired. Shoot. This is a Pulitzer Award winning episode. And it only has two stamps on it. Both say Heathrow. Yep. In 2011 and 2012, and you have to admit we had a good old time. We were like the Beatles oh, over it was there. Freaking great! I, I, we were the I opposite Beatles. That. No, we were like the Beatles in help. We had the fl- we had our own flat. The FPP guys, yeah, right? Great. That was like the Beatles' that was a help. Good place. You seen that film, right? Yeah, I think we were more like the Monkeys. Did you see that? Did, did you see that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. That was a good movie, wasn't it? Y- yeah. <laughs> we. <laughs> what the hell's happening here? <laughs> help! I need somebody. Not just anybody. Help. You know I need someone. <laughs> oh, I can't access my email on here. Or my, uh, Real quick. Email. Here's an email from e- Eric Sw- Swanger. Oh, here we go. I, I mispronounced it already, Eric. But here it says, how to pronounce your name. Eric. Then the G is soft, so swallow. What? Swanger. Oh, my. It's spelled S-W-A-N-G-E-R, but it's pronounced swanger. Swanger? No, <laughs> Schwanger. Swanger. Swanger. Yes. Well, Sounds Eric like says... like an adjective. <clears throat> hey, guys. Longish time listener here. Just wanted to give Michael some support on the whole Instagram thing. <laughs> yes. Uh, By the way, folks out there, if you want to look me up, I'm FPP underscore Michael on Instagram. I post mostly... Like 90% film images. Uh, they, they go from my scanner to my Google Drive to Instagram. Mark, are you on Instagram? No. Okay. He says, I post almost only film photos. <laughs> Eric, I just said that. <laughs> on Instagram. That's so crazy. And I and found the other film photographers on it incredibly supportive and fun. I agree. There's quite a lot of us who post under the 
you know, the hashtag analog photography tag. So it's hashtag analog photography, one word. You know what, Eric? I don't really use the word analog for photography because when you talk about analog to me, I, 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 you know, John when, I, John, when I think about analog, I think about my, my amplifier and my turntable. Oh, it is. That's analog. Yeah. Film photography isn't electronic. It's chemical. So it's more like traditional film photography. It's tr- mm. traditional photography. Yeah. Mark. But there's no uh, electronics. There's no electronics going But is, is photography analog? Is film photography analog? Well, I think, I mean, you could have a, you know, a, a, a vintage Hasselblad camera with a beautiful studio set up, you know, shooting a bowl of fruit, but put a digital <laughs> back on it. Is that, that's traditional, but is it, it's not analog. I guess. Uh, okay. Additionally. I agree. This is not me you saying it. Cut that out now. This is not me saying additionally. This is Eric. <laughs> additionally, you don't have, in quotes, to crop your non-square images to square. Using apps like PhotoGrid, you can place your 35 millimeter either, 35, <laughs> place your 35 millimeter image on a square white background. Mm-hmm. My name on Instagram is Load Film in Subdued Light. Feel free to look me up and say hi. Thanks, Eric. Thank you, Eric, very much. Really quick, I want to mention this. My good friend. I don't really know him personally, but my good friend Chuck Baker. Chuck runs Mark. He runs? The, he runs me? He runs the Brownie Camera page. Have you ever, have oh, you ever been there? Yes, yeah. I have, actually. Yeah. I was there recently. You were? Yeah. Uh, Chuck Baker, a big shout-out to Chuck. I like brownies. I just sent Chuck a package of FPP 620 spools. These are the spools that the FPP, the Film Photography Project, I'm just that's fiddling us. with one as we speak. These are the spools that Put, we... That's a Girl Scout. Put her down. They are, they are mold-injected spools. They're the real deals, my friend. Real deals. Yes. <laughs> Just like Mama used to make. Hey, I know it's past the date, but Duncan McAfee says, Happy birthday. Happy birthday. I haven't been listening to... We're going to have to ban cell phones, aren't we? I'm trying to find a guy's name. Dave. I haven't been listening to the podcast as long as some. In fact, I only found you guys earlier this year. As I was looking <laughs> to switch to film, I'm just young enough to have grown up with digital. But I've been enjoying every podcast, and I love that I can get obscure films from you guys through your store. Yes. I love that you guys bring together so many people who love film. Yes! yes! <laughs> Justified. Oh, this is from uh, Cynthia Thea Bendix. Hmm. Happy birthday to the fabulous show. What show? Thank you, John. It actually says that here. And people who have helped spearhead a resurgence of film photography, thank you for invigorating my love for film. Signed, Thea. Yes. One last, uh, one last uh, letter before we get to Mark's segment. Mm-hmm. And this letter is from Aldo. He says, hey, I've been reading the Film Photography Project about developing uh, Aerochrome, which, of course, is our FPP in color infrared film, and your recommendation to use the darkroom to do this. He's been, you know, he reads up on our site that saying, hey, send it to the darkroom. I have no doubt they'll do, they're doing a good job, but it suggests that, that they're the only lab is a little misleading. Oh, I have my cell phone turned down. Oh, thank you. Well, Aldo, um, he says here, I know at least three in New York that can do color infrared with no problem. Vista Plus, CRC, Manhattan Color Labs, and Sunshine Color Lab. 
I also was told that Bleeker Photo can do it without a problem. Now, I have no doubt, Aldo, that there are other labs that can do it, but I have to tell you, the amount of emails I get from people with pictures, because you have to understand, Mark and John, if they're buying the color infrared film from FPP and then they get all their, their film back from the lab looking at their scans and they're messed up, I get the email. Mm-hmm. Because the, the fir- you recommend them. No, 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 no. No, the, no, no. I sold, the FPP sold a film, uh, but they're not getting it developed at the darkroom, uh, who I recommend, uh, and their lab doesn't know how to handle the infrared, so it comes back all bad, and they want to know what's wrong with the film. Yeah. And both Leslie and I have troubleshot this, and every single time it was the lab. And what happens is the, the, the E6 color infrared film must be processed through the machines with all of the lighting, the LCDs, lights that, I guess, scan frames. Infrared scans, yes, yeah, turned off. Off. And most labs, John, I'm sure you can relate to this, yeah. you bring your film in, and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they know. They know, yeah. So gonna, smart. And then yeah. they cut your horizon <clears throat> negatives in half. Yeah, We're no, going to handle this. And then when you get your stuff back, they didn't do it. So all I'm saying is, folks, is that the darkroom, you know, they know they handle infrared on a regular basis, so they're not going to mess up your film. Because, John, people put a lot of work and time to shoot the infrared. Some people are traveling to other countries oh, to shoot the infrared. That's horrible. And then you don't want it to get... Like, why even take the chance? Have some knucklehead ruin it. Because sometimes, you know, you're giving your film to a clerk, and that clerk is, you know... But Tommy gets to the guy in the back room, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. duh. You know, so Aldo, I'm just, I'm just you know, I'm just trying to, um, you know, direct folks for a sure, a sure deal. A sure, what's a good word? A sure, sure thing. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. it. A sure thing that you, your infrared's not going to get messed up. So, well, thank you for the letter, Aldo. We're going to come right back, and when we do, Mark will talk about a camera. Hey. Polaroid's SX-70 sonar and Time Zero Super Colors, a perfect Christmas combination. Like egg and nog. The finest instant camera and the fastest developing color. This gets much closer than any other instant. If you right through the lens, the focus is automatic. And this sharp, bright color comes up in seconds. No other camera does that. That is close. What other cameras do that? Name one. Well. I'm thinking. You only got till Christmas. Hey everybody, it's Mike. It's that time of year where you're like, Oh my God, I have to buy so-and-so a gift. What am I going to get them? (laughs) Well, the FPP has put together a few gift packages that may make the ideal gift for your friend or maybe for yourself. How about a Polaroid automatic land camera outfit? That's right, a Polaroid automatic land camera, a pack of film, a flash, all packaged beautifully in the original Polaroid carrying case. So for you or your friends that have not yet explored the Polaroid automatic land camera photography, that's the, as we call it, the crack and peel, where you pull the film out of the side of the camera, wait a minute, and then peel your print. It's amazing fun, and we now carry full outfits. For your friends that shoot 35mm, how about Eastman X? black and white film 19 rolls packaged in a beautiful authentic Eastman Kodak film can that's right that's the original Eastman Kodak double X can these are very limited 
It's an awesome gift idea for that photographer that has everything. I just wanted to let everyone know that these items are now in the store for the holiday season only. So please do check it out. Filmphotographystore.com, which is part of our main website. Let's get back to more show. Hey, we're back. Hey, Mark. Hey, how's it going? What do you got today? Oh, I brought some folders with me today. Oh, we're my going back goodness. in time. Uh, I got uh, well, I got two here. I got the Agfa Billy Comper Compure. What? That's what I said to Mark when he said Billy. Billy. I was like Billy, like a Billy, like in what? B I L L Y. Yeah. I used to have a bunch of uh, IKEA Billy furniture. Sounds like you're talking English here. I don't know why they called him Billy, but Billy, the Billy series. I don't know why they called him Billy. Song title, if I ever heard one. Man, Mark, dig up Janis Joplin. She's she's ready. <laughs> it's one Billy. One Billy, two Billy, three Billy, more, four Billy, four Billy. Hold them on your belly, belly, So yeah, we got the Billy. The Billy was a was a huge product line for Agfa, um, starting in the mid thirties, thirty three, I think. How do you know? You talk to people that had that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, let's back up. Are these one twenty cameras? Yes, they are. One twenty roll film cameras, and they're called Billies. Please continue. So, um, yeah, they had a whole, a whole series of these. There were, you know, at least a dozen different Billy models that were out in different... Uh, um, Who knew, right, John? Did you know anything about a Billy? Lenses I've and never shutters heard and focal such length a thing. and whatever. Do I, should I just bust you right here and there? No. And John, instead of adding shut color up. commentary just to the shut. show, he's shopping on eBay for Not, albums. Well, I got three auctions that are ending that I'm bidding on. What do you want from me? <laughs> Well, why didn't you schedule them to end at a different time? We're, I don't we're know. I, I did. I sent emails. The guys are like, what? FP what? All right, okay. Can you extend off. the auction an extra day? Well, whatever. I don't care. I care. Well, I'm just talking. Okay. Why do you got to do that? I'll cut it out, all right? Okay. All right. <laughs> so, the Billy. Yeah, so I got the Billy. Well, well why is it named Billy? B-I-L-O-Y. I don't know. Oh, yeah, okay. I don't know. I haven't dug that far into the history. Maybe the, maybe the, you know, the guy's name was Billy Agfa. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> What do I know? Billy Agfa. Hey, Billy. Hey, Billy Agfa here. Hey, why don't you go design a camera or something? So, yeah. So, this, is, this particular one I've got <coughs> is called the Billy Comper. Um, so, this was, uh, these came out in 1934. Oh, my God. Could you just imagine, John? I mean, you see you, yourself you, on a boat on a river. You say it very quickly, but just think about it. We're in the year 2014. The year 1934, and that camera in this your is 80 hand, years old. It's in beautiful, beautiful shape. Just yeah. a craftsmanship. Beautiful, like enamel, like cloisonne. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. It like, is. Look, look at the, the little detail There's on the sides. Even the bellows. Look at the bellows. There's nothing it's made today that would last like this. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, even the little leather handle is still solid on it. In yeah, this Kardashian world we live in. So yeah, it's 120 folder. These uh, were available in, you know, like, uh, like I was saying on the last show with the Kodak 35s, they, they like to experiment with stuff. They would make a body and then throw different lens and shutter combinations on it just to see what, either see what worked best, or if they wanted to come out with a new model, mm-hmm. they would just take the exact same camera, stick a slightly faster lens on it, and suddenly they got a new model. So the one I have here is a 105-millimeter um, Pretty advanced camera, I think, for considering, you know, 1934. Nice 120-size film. It has a body-mounted shutter on it. So like the, like the Kodak cameras where you have to actually fire it from the lens. You mm. know, this one, you can yes. hold it like a modern camera. Yes. Look at that. Fire it from the body, which is really nice. Uh, it has a self-timer. 
It does have a tripod mount on the flip-out door yeah. and on the bottom if you wanted to oh, use it as a tripod. You know, a whole on a tripod either way, but yeah. So that's what the flip-out leg is. But yeah, it's got this little tiny nubbin on the top. That's actually your self-timer little thing. You flick that when you, when you cock it, and it, uh, it does a self-timer. Um, but uh, yeah, um, the, the, uh, they're listed as having a top speed of one four-hundredth of a second. Mine actually has a top speed of one two-fifty, so I don't know. You know, again, another one of those variations. You tested it with your shutter tester? No, I didn't actually test this one. It seemed like it was pretty accurate, and, I, you know, I, I'm, it's close enough for me. 80 years later, it's still yeah, pretty accurate. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it seems very accurate. My, my slow speeds on this... What, what type of films do you like to run through there? Um, I used uh, Portra in this one. Portra, Portra 400. 400? Yeah. That okay. was the first roll I grabbed out of the fridge. I have 400 and 160 in there. It just <clears> happened to be And you went out, you hit the streets with it? Yep. Actually, I was mostly driving with this one. I was driving around because it's a little cold. So I'm kind of oh. driving around, and if I see an interesting picture, get I'll out, pull take over. Picture. Yeah, yeah, pull mm-hmm. over, jump out, or roll the window down. So if you look at the, if you, if you flicker search my, uh, my Billy pictures, there, a lot of them are like driving are down the street. You, are you guesstimating your exposure, or are you using a light, light meter app? Usually, if it's, if it's a you know, pretty sunny day, I'll sunny 16 it. If I'm shooting inside, I'll, I'll use my meter or something. Uh, I just have no idea. Folks listening, if you Google Sunny 16, you'll get a whole chart, which basically is whatever shutter speed. Like, you pick a shutter speed closest to your film speed. At F16. At F16. Yes. The Google. And if you're using a negative film, there's usually a lot of play, so you'll get a nice image out yeah, of it. Yeah, especially with portrait. You can be a couple stops either way. Right. Um, if it's you know slightly cloudy or you're shooting shadows, you can go at F11. You know you can kind of fudge it, but right. usually you're pretty accurate. Is this beautiful camera next to it a cousin or a relative? Uh, it's it's sort of a, a, a grandchild. So as similar as these cameras look, they were both made by Agfa. The second one I've got here tonight is actually the Ansco Viking mm. 6.3. <clears throat> Sister company. Uh, well, it was it was made by Agfa for Ansco, so it oh. was made by this German company Agfa for an American company Ansco. I see. Um, but this camera is actually from 1952, so it's actually 20 years newer, almost 20 years newer than the Agfa is. That's Even amazing, isn't it, John? They're very yeah. similar. Look how similar they are. It's Although not, the the the, the uh, viewfinder is the kind of telltale. Yeah, it's got the what do they call it? Reverse Galilean, like an actual glass viewfinder, whereas um, the Billy just has like a flip-up. Ah, also you know, the newer camera, which is called... That's also a Billy? No, no. This is, it's not even a, an Agfa. Oh, it's this a, is the Viking. Ma- but made by the same parent company. Uh, made, yeah, made in the same factory. Oh, okay. It's actually got the Viking impressed into the leather on the oh, front. Oh, Ansco. Ford is made for different... Was Ansco and Agfa associated in any way? Yes. Yeah, they had a partnership. Um, but yeah, this was this was made in Germany by Agfa. Did Ansco make their own cameras? They did uh, later on. I know they did. So they started first being the distributor. I think you can still of get Ansco cameras. cameras. I mean, Ansco still around. Yeah, I've seen them. Yeah, they're just oh. terrible these days. But yeah. yes, when Mr. Mark O'Brien was on, he was talking about Ansco and yeah. the br- yeah. how the brands just get bought up by other companies. Right, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, the, yeah, I mean, yeah, the name yeah. just you know, so I have some Ansco point and shoots from that. The 90s. An- that's an Ansco Viking. Yeah, the Ansco six point three. They had they had a six point oh. three and a four five. Which is a little rarer. But Do you yeah. covet the four five? No, I mean the six three is nice. It's it's like <laughs> it's like a, it. a stop and a half faster. It's not that. Big what, a deal. what I like about that is that this one has a cold shoe on it. Yeah, so you got your accessory shoe. Um, it takes a regular like a PC. It does have a PC mount. I I haven't tested whether this is X synced or not. Whether I can actually shoot with it, but th- there is a chance that 
because it's from 52, which is a little early for X-Sync cameras, but mm-hmm. um, this might actually work. So it's got a PC right on the side. It's got a cold shoe, so easy. You get your Vivitar 252. You're right, right, go. right, right, right. Um, but yeah, otherwise, it's got a full range of, uh, you know, I mean, it's like a zone, I should say, it's a zone focus camera, so you can focus, to, obviously, focus to whatever you want. Um, very limited shutter speeds. It's only got 25, 50, and 200 for shutter speeds, but they, they get the job done, and it does have bulb. You know, even taking a step back, it doesn't have the self timer that the Billy did. It, you know, it's, it's definitely sort of a cheaper camera. It has more of a kind of aluminum y mm, feel. Right, right. It doesn't have that beautiful Art Deco look. It's of what the, uh, my father would call chintzy. It's a little chintzy, yeah. Were these, on um, both these cameras, when you received them, I'm guessing in an auction or a flea market, mm. did the shutters, were they sticky at all? Were they working? Nope, yeah, these are fine right out of the box. They, they, they look like they were stored beautifully in like someone's closet or something. Yeah, actually, the, the Viking looks, yeah. you know, it's really remarkable. clean. Again, for being 60 years old, it's super, super clean. It's remarkable. Um, you know, the leather's peeling up a little bit on the edges, but the bellows are great. It has these kind of nice, shiny bellows. That yeah, those are It looks impressive. like patent leather. But, um, do you do any cardboard. type of, uh, I know some people... That's just cardboard? Yep. Some people will test with a flashlight in the dark to see if there's any pinholes in their bellows. Do you do that or nah? I do sometimes if, if there's a question. These look really good, so I didn't bother. Um, you know, my test is to take it out and shoot it. Right. So On the much older, on the 1934 camera, those bellows are more clothy, or they're also kind of cardboardy? They're they're still. I mean, they have cardboard inside, right? So all all bellows have. But cardboard. What's That's on the outside, though, to I make them flexible? They, these are not real leather, I don't think. So I don't know what they Some use. Some kind on of these. pleather. I don't. I don't know what they had in the '30s. So I don't know what it would be. Some kind of vulcanized rubber, mm. something or other. I don't know what, but. Um, but yeah, it's they're 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 both light tight. The uh, the Billy bellows are a little more worn on the edges, but ah. it's still totally light tight. Billy bellows. Oh, okay. Jesus scared me. <laughs> Thought you were having another seizure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, otherwise, yeah, they're both very similar. So yeah, uh, both. Oh, I didn't mention they're both six by nine too. So you get a nice big negative out of them. Nice, nice <clears throat> HD negative. Yeah, seriously, where, like where, an IMAX negative. Where, where did you get those? Do you, uh, do you recall the? I don't remember. I'm sure they were flea market finds. Actually, the the Ansco I got this past summer. The Agfa I've actually, or sorry. Right. Agfa, I just got the summer. The Ansco I've had for about a year. I shot right. with it about a year or so ago. Uh, we just never talked about it on the show. Yeah. But since I wanted to talk about the Agfa, I thought since the two of them are kind of similar cousins. You know, I do get emails quite often about uh, 120 Film asking, oh, hey, how many pictures will I get out of a roll of film? Uh, folks not realizing that it's Depends. not. Yeah it's, yeah, it's it's really the frame of the camera, not. You, the film the, on the back of a 120 or 620 film, it, numbers are printed. So in a in a camera like this, which is uh, six by nine, that would be centimeters, correct? Yeah, six by nine centimeters. That's a big negative. So you get eight. Eight. Yeah. Whereas on a you know a standard medium format camera that takes a square, you get twelve. Or six by four point five, mm. you'll get uh, 16. sixteen. Yeah, like a Mamiya or a like uh, yeah, the Mamiya. That's uh, something to point out and mention. So, uh, folks, uh, these easily. Uh, where did you find these? On the bay? The no, the uh, I wouldn't have bought these anyway. I think these both came from flea markets. I just forget exactly where I got them. But yeah, the, these are flea markets. So, if at a flea market, I'm guessing they were swept up in like in a, st- a real estate sale. Hmm. That's how I mean. Yeah, it came out of someone's They're in closet. Such good shape. These, yeah, these haven't been kicking around for too long. They, they, they were on a shelf somewhere. They were, they were locked away, and then yeah, so daylight they were in a sock drawer. Hour. 
before Mark snatched Every it. once in a while, I, get a, I buy a camera at a flea market. When you open the back, you get that sort of florally waft that you can tell it was just in some old lady's underwear drawer for the last 50 years. Right. Have you uh, found any um, exposed film recently? You know, when you buy a camera and you get film in it that's been shot. Yeah, I actually just bought a huge load of... Uh, I, was, I was at an estate sale just a few weeks ago. In the garage, I found a plastic bag that had six disposable Kodak cameras in it, four of which were completely shot. They just didn't never bother to get them developed. So I actually, uh, I developed all four and I got great images. And it was, it was, it's kind of sad because the images that I got were all clear. Clearly, they only shot pictures at important events. So literally, every single picture on all four rolls were Halloween costumes in front of the Christmas tree, Washington, D.C., um, Disneyland. You know, like there were these really important events. That they never got developed. Did you, did you yeah. give prints back to the people you got them I from? I haven't. Or? Actually, I'm not 100% sure that the... <clears throat> that the people still live in that same house. But what I was going to do is mail them a letter saying, you know, if you want these pictures, here they are on Flickr. If you want the negatives, I'll send you the negatives. But I don't want to just mail the negatives out. Yeah, you know, no, I don't know no, if they're no, still no. there. I, I would send them prints, for sure. Well, it was literally 90 pictures, so I'm not going to print them no. all. But, you know, I'll send them the Full link, and, and I'll send them the negative if they want the negatives. But Yeah, that is sad. So, you know, newer generations, they see these things. They're artifacts. Some people can't even grasp a concept that there's film in it. Yeah. You know, if, if it's kids, mm. you know, people don't know. Yeah. So. You know, and it's funny, it's, it's got me thinking, because somebody asked me the other day, <clears throat> I was shooting uh, a film camera, not the other day, a couple of months ago, at my kids' uh, Halloween uh, celebration in school. Mm-hmm. They have a parade, and then they have a little party. And there was a lady shooting digital, and she's like, you know, you know I'm just curious, that's film? Oh, yeah. She's like, well, why, why are you shooting film, you know? I'm like, well, you know, the fun thing about it is... I'll put it on the shelf, wait till I get a big enough batch to send out. <laughs> then it comes back. Then it sits in the pile waiting to be scanned. And sometimes a substantial amount of time has passed by the time I get these things scanned in, unless it's something I really want to see. And then I'll look at it. And when I'm looking at it, after all that time has passed, it, it has a lot more meaning to me than just, oh, digital picture into the computer and forgotten about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's like reliving the event again when I get to scan it in and uh, put it in to a folder and organize it months sometimes many months after I shot the roll of film Darren always make, keeps making fun of me because I'm developing pictures from a year and a half ago with him in it when he was in New Jersey and he's like oh just getting around to that huh well but, but yeah that, that you know and then I don't know I get some kind of I don't know if it's weird pleasure but putting it into the book and archiving it the negatives yeah. you know mm-hmm. like cutting them putting them in there and labeling it you know thinking that Years later, this is going to have some kind of importance to my kids. Yeah, or fifty years from now, Serafina will take those out and reprint them and say, "Oh, that my father used to be a photographer." That would be great. Yeah, that's what you hope for. Well, that's you know, and that's exactly what we have. My my wife's father passed away when she was actually pretty young, when she was a teenager, and when her mother passed away a few years ago, we went and kind of cleaned out her house, and they had probably five big moving boxes full of negative negative books. That I started scanning in. Her father was actually a pretty good photographer. And then you know, these amazing pictures of her, as, you know, as a child hmm. that no one has ever seen before. He never bought, See? he never printed them. You know, no one had ever seen them. So we suddenly have hundreds of pictures of my wife as, as a small child, as, you know, growing up that no one's ever seen. And how old cool. were those negatives, you think? Well, that would have been, I mean, not to tell how, how old my wife is, but, you know, that would have been mid, mid to late 70s. So do you think they're going to be... Hard drives found in the future. Uh, I people are like, "What's all this?" and plugging in. It's happening gonna, now. Yeah. Never mind the future. 
But I mean, will hard drives last as long as negatives? They, uh, older drives won't. You know, who knows what like the SSD ID drive, SSD drives? But like, I have CD-ROMs that I backup CD-ROMs that I made ten or twelve years ago that I, f- I found and was like, oh, what's on these old backup drives? Can't even read the disc anymore. Seriously. Ten years later, the CD-ROM's dead. Oh, shit. Oh, really? So, I have CD-ROMs from the 1990s that are still playing. Did you well, try some, re- it depends on the quality. If you have the, the consumer level, like the die discs, hmm. those are, just, you know, they kind of fade away. Is it away. because the technology of the computers now is just like, ugh, we can't deal with... Well, they were, because the, they were the home... I mean, you know, again, this is years since I had to know this stuff, so I may be fuzzy on the details, but the home, DVD, uh, the home CD-ROMs that you burn at home were burnt with, uh, with dyes. They weren't, like, actually etched, like laser etched. Oh, really? So the dye burnt discs just kind of, the dyes bleed and fade, so you lose the data. Mm. The old commercially made discs, like if you, if you have, like, a Windows disc from, you know, Windows 95 yeah. disc, it'll still work fine because those were, like, laser etched. So those will last a lot longer. But yeah, anything that you backed up yourself. So like someone 15 years ago who was backing up pictures onto a CD-ROM and putting it in a, you know, in a safe, hmm. odds are that disc won't even play anymore. And wow. that's only 15 years. That's and here we are with, you know, shooting an 80 year old camera. That's the thing. Yeah. In your face. Uh, actually, I have, say on the regular show. I have 10 or 15 year old digital cameras that were some of my original digital cameras that just don't work anymore. Yeah. You know, so even the camera itself just dies sitting in a box. Right. Yeah. Well, Mark, I want to thank you very much for coming in and spending time talking about the Billy. Billy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. And the uh, Ansco, Viking. Ansco Viking. Yeah. Ansco Viking. And let's see if I could pull a, uh, I think I have like an Ansco film spot here in the FPP library. Well, we'll play that. Yeah. That'd be fun, right, John? Okay. John, you're going to stick around, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll hang out for sure. Right. I got nothing to do. Well, <laughs> I got a babysitter at the house. I'm not going home. Okay, we'll be back. Bye. Searching for the right word? No, searching for gift ideas. Any suggestions? Sure have. An Ansco Cadet camera outfit with everything needed for taking pictures. The Ansco Cadet is always ready when you are. No focusing, no dials, no nonsense. What a wonderful idea. Here are two more. The new Ansco Cadet Reflex with a photo size viewfinder that makes fine pictures easy to get. And the Ansco Lancer, the camera that puts precision focusing into simple words. Just move this red dot for distant scenes, medium shots, or close-ups. Made your choice? Uh-huh. All of them. These are perfect answers to so many gift problems. When it's time to give, give the fun of an Ansco camera outfit. 1075, 1595, 1995. If it's from Ansco, you'll know it's A+. Hey, this is Mike in the studio with Alex Laux. Hey, guys. Alex is down here from Canada. That's correct, right? Down here. Yep. Oh, yeah. You have to come down. Yeah. This is like the south to you. Uh, not as far south as I've been. I've been to Tennessee. That's pretty far south. That was about a 12-hour drive. We're here to talk about FPP hand-rolled films. And there are a number of hand-rolled films. The most recent one, which I'm actually giving a uh, little uh, array, a little uh, sampler pack to Alex to take back north. Uh, firstly, uh, a roll of Polypan F. You shot with that? I have. I shot a roll when I was in Rochester, New York. Love the glow, especially developed in Extol. Now, does, does Mike B. live 
up near you? Yeah, he lives up up in Toronto. I was actually on a photo walk with him in October. So he's a, he's a Polypen F fanatic. He is. He really is. He is. He is the proponent. The the what would you say? The pusher. The pusher. The spokesperson for Polypen F, and really got the ball rolling so that the FPP store could carry it. It's a 50 ASA black and white film. And it's noted for having a very thin base mm-hmm. and a very dreamy glow to yep. it. You have to really watch it when you're loading it onto reels. It has a very tendency to buckle. Is that right? Yeah. Good advice. Uh, uh, we have a roll here of Kodak Hawkeye Traffic Surveillance Film, which on our little roll, it just says Kodak Hawkeye Supercolor. And I call it Supercolor because the colors are super. super. It's a film designed by Kodak to go in traffic surveillance cameras. Yep. I've heard good things about it. Yes, there are great things about it. I call it the high-speed Ektar. Mm-hmm. It's rated at, rated at 400, and it's one of these films, which is awesome. It's one of these films that you can kind of shoot it at whatever. Like, you could shoot it at 400. So it's like Portra. But you could also shoot it at 200. You could shoot it at 320. You could nice. shoot it... And everyone has sort of their own preference. Personally, I shoot it at 250 ASA. Okay. Because I felt that the 400 ASA, the... the the negs were a little thick for my... Okay, yeah. gotcha. The colors are really, really amazing. The rage this year in the film photography store has been the Eastman Kodak... Double X. <laughs> Double X 5222. Motion picture film uh, we have acquired from Kodak, and we're breaking it down into canisters. Yep. And it's a 200 ASA film that I think just about everyone's been shooting at box speed. I, I like it at 250. Oh, is that I, right? I always shoot it at 250. I got my first, I got five rolls of this from Lance in Belgium. Oh, okay, sure. Through his website and absolutely fell in love with it. I used to process it in HC 110. Mm-hmm. Um, I've since switched to processing it in Xtol. Okay. Really helps keep the grain down. Is that right? On it. So now I've heard good things about Xtol. Uh, a few months ago, we were talking about developers, and I'm just you know, oh, you know, me and my. I still have a T-shirt that says "Me and my D76." <laughs> uh, I've used HC110, I've used Caffinol, but I've not used Xtol, which Leslie likes, Leslie Lazenby, yep. and you like. Yep. And I'm sure there's a little following behind it. Yep. I use three main developers. I use HC110, Xtol, and Rodinol. And do you, you change developers based upon, you know, like... On what I want the film to look like. I love Tri-X and HC110. Right. Um, if I'm not sure of the film, I'll do it in HC110. Um, Rodinol is for l- slow films. Right. Very slow films. And if I'm doing any push-pull applications, I'll use Xtol. What I actually am hoping to experiment with is get into a little more of the pyro. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick up some PMK stuff from B&H when I'm here, and also the raw materials to mix up some old Kodak D23. Oh. So What would you use that for? Um, I've been looking at the massive dev chart. They have times for uh, plus X. I've done some search on Flickr, and plus X pan looks really nice in D23. And, you know, just just branch out a little bit. Right. The latest film to the FPP store is uh, Eastman SO-331 High Contrast Black and White Film. It's known as a cult film. Some people get angry. You're like, what do you mean cult film? How dare you you call that a cult film? Who says it's a cult film? 
<laughs> I don't say it's a cult film. Just do a Google search on S- yep. Eastman SO331. It has its own Flickr group. Okay. Uh, there are numerous threads about it. It is a special order Kodak film that I guess it was a big special order and a lot of it's bouncing around. And people have been, you know, spooling it into their, their, their still cameras and been really liking the results. Uh, FPP and fellow Canadian... Uh, uh, John Meadows. Thank you. John Meadows <laughs> turned me on to it and he had some extra... And we were able to now get it on the uh, FPP. Yep, he mentioned it to me. So I, I just started shooting it myself. There is a group on Flickr, so I've been able to communicate with a lot of people on in that group who have shot it. Good, so I can get developing times. Yes. <laughs> so those are some new films. Just want to tip you folks off who have been listening, listening to the, the home-rolled frenzy going on in the FPP store. It's currently limited to 35 millimeter, but I, I don't know. I may start doing some crazy stuff. Like, for example, uh, Color Red Scale 120. You guys have asked for it, so we're looking for it. Same thing with... Buying bulk film from overseas, it's available in the 120 format. Of course, there's no backing paper, so I would have to buy massive rolls of it and go into the FPP darkroom and start applying backing paper to it. Oh, wow. And I will tell you folks this. You know, you have, you know we have our, 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 how many senses do we have? Five senses? We have our five senses. And once you start messing around in the darkroom, like you're loading film, you're unraveling film, you're spooling film, you're cutting film, and it's perfectly pitch black, after a while you get a zen. Yes, you do. You get used to it. You get used to the fact of that you're in pitch black blackness believe it or not you know things once you get the flow of things you're doing whether it's doing that in a dark room or at home developing or even shooting with a manual camera not using a light meter once you get the the, the gist of everything things happen naturally so very excited about these films filmphotographystore.com please do you know check it out as well as our other always hey we're back I'm here in the studio. My name is Michael Rosso. I'm here with Leslie Lazenby. Hello. And happy holidays. Oh, mm-hmm. John Fidelli. Happy birthday. Matt Mirage. Hey, happy holidays, guys. And Michael Rosso. When's your birthday? My birthday? January 2nd. Oh, right around the corner. I didn't know that. I knew it. I knew that. I didn't know that. Yep. Eight minutes after January 1st. Oh, you missed it by that much. My mom hates me. <laughs> What's your holiday story, John? <laughs> Remember the old um, movies they used to make during World War II, Why We Fight? Yes. Well, I got to thinking, why we shoot? Oh. I have a neighbor. He's renting an apartment not too far from my house that I've become familiar with. Divorced. Always moping around. Oh. He come home from work and just mope around. And, uh, you know, I got to know him. And he would confide in me, and he'd be like, man, I'm just, you know, I'm sad, I'm depressed. My life has changed considerably. He had two kids. Oh, he has his wife? No, he's divorced. Oh. oh his life. His, his wife has the two kids. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, he was, like, over a beer in the local tavern. Oh. We got to, oh, you're going <laughs> to put on some Sinatra. Here you go, set the mood. <laughs> So he's like, you know, you know, what do you do when these things happen to you in your life, these adverse things? And I say, for me, I have hobbies. I have music, which is incredibly life-affirming. You can and, really channel your and emotion through your music. Photography. And he's like, well, you know, how, how does that help anything? I'm like, look, 
you're stuck in your own perspective right now. All you're thinking about is your situation, me, me, me. And it's a bad situation, granted. But photography especially can change your perspective and help you move on past adversities, I think. Because here you are, you can go out and, oh, look at the snow on the trees or, you know, look, oh, a reindeer or, you know, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) There's a reindeer at the local (laughs) A&P. plastic one but a reindeer so my whole point to him was that you know photography is is great because it just gets you out of your head and gets you into the process filmically anyways you know when you're shooting film yes, yes. The whole you process. actually forget about any issues you have you're changing you're your perspective it's, it's healthy for your brain too definitely mm-hmm. definitely so that's my that's my christmas story john god um, bless us everyone, everyone. <laughs> definitely Uh, Matt Marash uh, oh. works at Midwest <laughs> Midwest Photo. Is that I, what it's called? I work closely with them, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Midwest Photo Exchange. Do you have a MP- Christmas story? No, I was going to say, do you have a digital story? Oh, a digital story. I mean, is there a difference like between a, digital like a shooters? Humbug digital story? Is there a difference between digital shooters and film shooters in the manner in which people, like, just type a per- person? Oh, I mean... I think with digital, you just get them all because there's that many more. Like, uh, the sample size is larger, so, of course, you, mm. you get the further extremes. What about the hardcore guys? Oh, jeez. Mm. Well, I just look forward to the film, the film guys. Right. And really lately, and I know I talked about this earlier, but a lot of the a lot of the film shooters that come in are much younger. Like, the 25 and under is mm. all I see that comes in is yes. interested and excited about film. They're always buying it, either for school or... a a growing number of them for personal. Yeah. Are they excited to meet you because you're so knowledgeable? Well, they're usually like, "Oh, okay, look, it's you know, they're used to Midwest, so they like, they, <laughs> you know, they everybody's a photographer there. That's what's unique about it." But then ta- they talk, like they say, "Oh, we'll get the film guy," and then I come out, so they're prepped. They <laughs> hey, it comes out. Oh, you want a little dolly light? So you got your float <laughs> out, <laughs> curtains open. Yeah, exactly. And that comes out. But they usually don't really get too excited until I mention something that like. You know, has carries weight. So I'm like, oh well, if you want to learn more about it, you can also check out the film photography. And I, you know, FPP card comes yeah. comes out, and they're like, whoa, you have a whole pot, you know? Yeah. Now yeah, they're yeah. now they're ready to listen. Or there's a community out there. Yeah. Yes. People feel real. Yeah. They, they feel isolated. Exactly. Yes, they feel they real do. alone. And then like you tell them, there's all these people, and that you just you're not widen their eyes. No. They buy some more film. They're they're really into it. And then. On top of that, there's the lots of lots of younger film shooters. They're real excited about it. Uh, it's a different vibe, film shooters. Much, much uh, a different sense of timing and pay, like much slower place yeah. or pace. Much more. Ch- it's like going to the West Coast if you've been on the East Coast for your whole life. Okay. I wonder why older people just give up on film because maybe they shot it for so long they don't want to go through the problem. I think a lot of folks I've run into just think, first of all, the the folks who were film photographers only because that's the only medium that existed or just Mm. think, why? Why would I even do such a thing when I just want to shoot with my digital SLR or my phone and I just need some pictures to put up on Facebook or share with my friends and family? It's way easier, yeah, to share socially. Some people can't appreciate the, the texture and the feel for what you're getting, what you're getting out of it, but it's amazing when that when you get a convert, when you find mm-hmm. when you find someone like that 
gentleman that came to the FPP walking workshop who was a digital mm-hmm. shooter. And it was the first time. It's yeah. like they sort of take a sip of the Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. There you go. And they <laughs> then, like, it's like a whole world opens up and they understand, you know, about, oh, my God, I just didn't know, mm. you know. And it is. It's like, it could be this fun to do this. Yeah. Because right. some people see it as a chore. Oh, yeah. i got to pick a film stock and then i got to think yeah. about You know what happens when you do that? What? It's yours when you're done. Yeah. Wasn't a filter, a Photoshop filter. Yeah, it's true. It's yours. Yeah. I, uh, so once you do it, you've got the sense yeah. of yeah. accomplishment. I don't see it as a chore. I see it as yeah. you know, excitement but, but and exploration. Sure. Even when you make big mistakes, yeah. like yeah. coming up with a blank roll of film. I didn't feel too good about that. Yeah, I was processing film and it's right here in front of us, and <laughs> I processed it. So well that I processed it blank. You processed the hell out of it. (laughs) And it was a little frustrating, but it did occupy my mind to say, okay, what did I do wrong? See, now you've got to go through the thought process. It is. is, You're going to learn. It is. If you're you're just sending your film to a lab, which is fine, our good friends uh, at thedarkroom.com, it's highly recommended by all of us. Uh, But if you're all of a sudden start... Uh, picking it up as a hands-on hobby where you're shooting, let's say, black and white film mm-hmm. or color, color print, and you're actually, you know, buying the tank and the beakers and in your bathroom or some dark room in your house, black, late at night, <laughs> late at night when your family's asleep, and you're developing it yourself. Let's say you own a scanner. That's also magical because uh-huh. it becomes a little bit more like you can go out and shoot, come back and know you could process your own film mm-hmm. and then you could scan it. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. So Definitely. Right before we started taping today, I shot some very quick uh, Matt's annual <laughs> portrait. Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm the unofficial uh, Matt Mirage photographer, Ooh. of course, because if you look, if you type in Matt Mirage and hit Images, yeah, all my shots. Yeah, you're first up. Wow. I'm a guy, mm-hmm. and I uh, wheeled out my Wista four by five, did large format camera, which I don't shoot with that often. I navigate it like a pro. I did navigate it a lot differently than I did, let's say, two years ago. Yeah, oh my, I didn't yes. ask you a damn thing. No, <laughs> weren't second guessing. I, anything. I just knew what to do. Yep. I was a little more. Ca- you're you a little more casual about the metering. We we meter differently. Yeah. Use a spot meter. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, a reflective way of metering, correct? Mm-hmm. And I use an incident meter, which is you're measuring the light that's bouncing off the subject. It's going to be a great roll in. Gossin Luna Pro F. Into the next segment. Oh, great. Yeah. You know, we sell an awful lot of x ray film. We still do? Oh, yeah. Great. Because uh, I personally cut down film to 4x5. Yeah, you're it for, four, for anything yeah. smaller than 8x10. Yeah. And I used. I, I don't. I can't say I enjoy I enjoy it, cutting it down, because I can cut it down in a red light, in a room with a red light. Yeah, you can see what you're doing. I can see what I'm doing. I can listen to some music. But it's kind of precise work, and it's a little tedious work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got to go slow. I, go, I can't go too slow, because then the whole day is gone. Mm. <laughs> you know, lately, uh, uh, if, you, if you're listening and you have shot some FPP X-ray film, please do send us an email, podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. I don't get to... <laughs> I don't get that much feedback. I'd like to get some feedback. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've shot some uh, wonderful portraits of the Jersey Boys, but last few attempts, I've I've kind of bottomed out. I know we're kind of going off on a different subject matter, no, but right. if you're hands-on, I try D76, killed it. Oh, yes. Too much. Blows it away. But yeah. it just it was like it was just blank. It's just, I've had some... 
I ha- I've had I've had some tough times <laughs> in the dark room lately, and it's a little discouraging, and you lose your confidence. Mm. It's but not you conquered it though, right? Calf and all. I, I no. I, as a matter of fact, John will attest. I went to Smooth Sailors rehearsal. That's John's band, and they have a dark room on site. So I go with John, spend some time with my buddy, yeah. and I work in the dark room while he's pounding on the drums. Yeah. Every time I've gone in, Dane Johnson has handed me a roll. Hey, oh, you doing? I have room for an extra roll. Hey, he, I've effed up. Like like the calf and all. Like no one believes in it anymore. Oh no. Because I just. You've, yeah, you've been. You have a pretty bad average for that dark room. My average of the smooth is like it's like, you know, fifty fifty. Every every roll is like a fifty fifty chance, unless I'm using D seventy six, and regular film stock. But I don't want to. I don't want to go off. You mentioned it's a good segue. Oh yeah. So, do um, we introduce everybody? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. Good. Yes. Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> I don't know. Who are you? <laughs> Who are you? Never seen you guys before. So uh, hey, there's a I girl here. Little, what did you get here? <laughs> so you were talking about light meters, the different types of light meters. Yes, and I've actually um, a couple or more than a couple, almost you know, nine months ago now. Um, I got a new meter, and I hadn't really had a chance to talk about it. I, I wrote a little quick, you know, quick oh, and dirty review about it. It's a new it. meter. Yeah, um, but I needed a light meter, and I had a couple needs from the light meter, and one it needed to be. A spot meter, either dedicated or have a spot meter on it, and it had to be a flash meter as well. Mm-hmm. Well, that's still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that does flash too, huh? It does flash. Right. Yeah, so it's got a hot shoe. Hot shoe. And it also has a PC. So if I'm if I'm using a pocket wizard, it's great. I throw the pocket wizard. Pocket lizard. Wizard. Pocket wizard. Okay. Okay. Just asking. Or any any hot shoe trigger, radio trigger. You throw it on top. It looks goofy as hell, but oh. it'll trigger everything. Or just your PC socket will hook up. It has a little quarter twenty to throw it on your Ooh, tripod, tripod or wherever you need Fantastic. to put it. Fantastic. Um, but the best part <laughs> it is. is. Oh, John. You know what? John is really into spot meters. You've always been into spot meters. I have. Really? I have a Sekonic at home. Oh, I thought you had a Minolta. No, I have a Sekonic. Okay. So this thing can memorize like two different ISOs, two different cameras. What's this? Oh, what? The hot Wait shoe. a minute. You can put a 252 flash on there? Yeah. What's the purpose of that hot shot? Oh, um, I put a Where pocket wizard on here and I can fire my flashes. Pocket and I can lizard. Get a, now I can get a, <laughs> now I can get a one, one or three degree spot reading on my flash image. Well, so this, this so you can do two different ISOs. Setups in there. Yep. And just recall the different. So the, the 1.6, that's for when I'm shooting infrared. Oh and, and with the, uh, oh my God, with the so filter like on. a preset kind yeah, of for you. Yeah, exactly. That's nice. And then the other one is for the HP5. I shoot that at 200. Or, you know, for DR5, I'll just have it on there. Mm-hmm. And spot. And now with the spot, this is your this is your trigger. Mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of looks like a gun holster. Looks like thing a comes uh, traffic, uh, what do you call yeah. it? Dog. Traffic gun. So you have your measurement, and then what you can do is you can actually add them to memory. So remember this little spot, and then you go to go to a shadow. So you can remember that. Go to a highlight. You know, a really something not that bright. Sister's blind beagle. And then you have a whole range. So then you can move the shadow point. You can tell it this is where the shadow needs to go. This is where the highlight needs to go. And you tell how much range is in the. You know how much dynamic range there is to the shot mm. right now it, this is showing me there's one two three four five five and a half stops so it's a little bit longer than your average exposure which is going to have that five stop range mm. so what would i need to do to a black and white film well probably nothing i could probably let it go and the highlights would be good but if it was way higher i would then know hey it's time to pull my film it's time to reduce that so development if you're saying time. there was like a six or seven stop difference then you, you yeah yeah i'd probably pull it yeah definitely pull it, it yeah 
So this is really great for measuring that and really finding exactly where you want your exposure to be. That's all nice. those DR5s that we that we talked about last mm-hmm. month, they were they were all done with this meter and this thing is, has made me look like a much better and better photographer because it's given me a good reading. DR5 is that lab that our pal David Wood who will take your black black and white negative film and make a positive out of it. Yes. Yeah. This is a new meter, new current model meter. No, it, it's not. It is oh. not. This is not. This is okay. sorry, I didn't even talk about the meter. Yeah, the, the model? This is the Sekonic Dual Spot F. Um, F. The model is L778. So this guy was new uh, late 90s, early okay. 2000s. So it's never F'd you. N- not <laughs> F. Not never F'd you. Um, it's a one or three degree spot meter. And like Mike said earlier, um, it's a reflected meter. Mm-hmm. Spot meters are great for folks doing large format because often we're not like right up in the scene. We're not, meet, you know, we're not doing portrait unless you're a dedicated portrait photographer. Then there's a lot of other options. I like yeah. doing this for portraits too because you you know where the skin tone's at, you place it, and you're done. <laughs> That's <laughs> exactly. why you, you think spot meters are more accurate for skin tone. Um, I wouldn't if you know, if you use them correctly. Yeah, if you use them correctly, they're gonna yeah they're great for it. Now you do have to remember when you're outside. Uh, in different uh, lighting conditions and different objects are going to have different reflectance to them. Mm-hmm. So, like, yellow objects are going to reflect more uh, than, like, your, your blues. Yeah, your blue <laughs> and black objects. So, you have to account for that every now and then. If, uh, since it's the holiday season, if you, if, if you don't have Ooh. a copy of this as a, for your photographer or for yourself, uh, Ansel Adams' book, two, The Negative. Right. Can you get all flunked up? I don't know what that means. What is Sorry. Whoa. Whoa. I don't. Can you get all messed up if it's like snow outside? It's all messed up. Well, that's the best part about the spot meter. Yep. I take a measurement and I'm and it goes. You, I, I see the highlight going all over the place, but I know since I metered that, that's my highlight. I'm gonna overexpose that mm-hmm. three stops to get it to the uh, the right area. You can put your spot meter at that one degree. If you look through it, there's two little circles. The one degree mm-hmm. is in that inner circle, and that's where you want to put the. Uh, that's where you want to put the darkest. I usually meter by the darkest tone that I want to represent in the scene. Um, John's pulling a Herbert Lom <laughs> with his eyes. <laughs> Chief Inspector Dreyfus. <laughs> but Inspector these are. <laughs> yeah, these, these can do uh, way more uh, cool readings than I've even tried to do with it. It can do an, it can do an average exposure based on those mem- those points mm. you memorize. Um, yeah, I got to break mine out and see what it can do. Yeah, this can do a whole heck of a lot. What are we, what are we talking about price wise for that? Um, I, I got this guy. This is used. Mm. I, I got it for one hundred fifty bucks. You can get him for uh, any anywhere from one hundred fifty to three hundred, depending on condition or whatever. Mm. Um, a lot of them still come from Japan, obviously, because Sekonic is made in Japan. Hi. Um, they take a AA battery. Oh, that's which good. Is great. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the one I have takes the what is the short one? CR eight. The CR. This guy. CR two or one two three. Yeah. Do you have any love for this? Too. The Gaussian? Actually, well, uh, I was going to talk about a couple other meters. Oh, but yeah, you do that. You have a lot of love for of that. The, we know that. I've been, a, <laughs> I've been a fan of the Sekonics because they still make, they still have a lot of good ones on the market. If you don't want just a spot meter, you want it all. Um, <laughs> Sekonic has the L758 DR, um, and that is a, it's an incident. It has the dome. And the dome can turn in, or it, like you can actually turtle it in and focus oh. on one kind of light in the mm-hmm, scene. Mm-hmm. It also has a three-degree spot meter. Mm-hmm. 
So it's it's got it all really, and they have the D version, which is just the regular um, Cine or or still mm-hmm. meter, and mm-hmm. they have the mm-hmm. R version, which has a Pocket Wizard radio trigger built into it. So oh can, my god, that's crazy! So if you have studio lights with the Pocket Wizards, uh, those guys are the factory or industry standard. Pop it, and you set your channel on there. It's really great to to be able to use. It looks uh, if you do a lot of portrait lighting or location stuff with. Off-camera flash. This is the stuff I, I get paid to talk about. This stuff, you know, outside of FPP. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing anything with off-camera flash, with ra- you should be doing radio triggers because it cleans the place up. Use a light meter. It looks professional. Oh yeah. This yeah. is the guy I got. We're a model lesson do that does spot and instant up. reading. Yeah, that's, you probably have the 558. The, that's yeah. the older one. No, yeah, that's no, definitely it doesn't. Yeah, the excellent. Oh, meters. here we go. The 458, 558, 758. They're all great. Now they do have a new one. I don't know if you've seen these, John. This is the 478. What is that? Uh, yeah. An app for your phone? No, it looks, it, but it's it a touchscreen. Like it's a touchscreen <laughs> oh, no, version okay. of the Sekonic meter. You see these mics? <laughs> they, oh my god! They don't have a spot meter, but it's a touchscreen version. So they have these with the Pocket Wizard triggers That's pretty built cool. in. Oh jeez, you gotta you gotta save that for this. But the the Sekonic meters are excellent. Uh, not that I don't have any love for the the Gaussian. I've just I've always used Sekonics. Yep. You know. It is what you know and it is yes. what you love mm-hmm. because you see online, especially on the Flickr, some newbie will be like, what camera should I get? Everyone mm. chimes Has in. their own opinion. Their opinion. So opinionated. Of, yeah. oh, he's a, oh, Canon Nikon. Oh, piece of crap. He's my piece of crap. And as often, should I get a handheld light meter? And I'm always like, yes. you know, Gossen Luna Pro F. It's what I know. It was drilled into my head by Professor Baderich Botka. Gossen Luna Pro F. Cinematographer extraordinaire mm-hmm. from Czechoslovakia. And he, he just drilled that into my head. This is all you need. And mm-hmm. that's all I've used. That's our... Mine is but my original. there's so many wonderful mm-hmm. meters out there. John has always used a handheld. Right now. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I've always been kind of a little annoyed at John because I'm thinking, well, why, don't you have, why aren't you using a Gossen Luna Pro F? Because you use it. I want to do my own thing, man. Exactly. <laughs> well, I always I liked the meter I got because it did both. Yes. Exactly. And I was, you know, that's kind of what I was taught by somebody when, know, when we were shooting film who was like, you right. need to check both. You it's need to very spot an Im- important listeners understand, sort of like your own, you come up with your own photographic mantra. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like there's no one way to do anything. It's true. You know, because it's just science, and that science is, you know, the light reading is the light reading. So whether you're doing it just like guessing sunny 16 based mm-hmm. upon the time of day, mm-hmm. or you have a handheld meter, or if you're using an app on your phone, or if you're using an old 35-millimeter SLR and just metering through that, even if you're shooting a DSLR, you know, you know, we don't talk about it often because we're a film photography podcast, but... I think that uh, a digital shooter can also learn a lot from oh, basic hugely. film photography. Mm-hmm. What's old hat to us yeah. is, is it, very foreign and difficult. It is. Let me ask you a question, Leslie. The gals in Finlay, Ohio, mm-hmm. when I say the gals, I mean Hannah yep. and Cheyenne, Cheyenne. Have they picked up, like they pick up a SLR and they, they know they need to match the needle to the yes. zero. Is that all they know? Or Each have they time we up? work on something different. You know, first I just give them 400 film, and I've set their camera there. Mm. And then... You send them out with a Minolta in program mode, and like, go take some pictures. Exactly, because I want that first time to be successful. Yeah. I and don't about want composition just, and what they like to shoot. Exactly. Just turn them loose. It just... Right. So it happens and happens, 
it's positive for them. Yeah. And then the next time, this is a 64 film. We're going to have to switch it on here. And then they learn the, what different film types. So every time I go out with them, uh, I try to add something new to it. Add a new wrinkle. Yes. I'll, we'll do a little, I want you to focus here, yes. and we're going to be on a wide open, and then we're going to shoot the shot on F8. We'll look at the difference well, later. Let me ask you, Matt, because you so, deal with a lot of digital shooters. A lot of students, Are yeah. digital shooters blown away? That because a digital shooter grab the camera and in between shots just change your ISO. Yeah. Are they blown away that by the fact that what, what do you mean? I load one row of film and that's that's oh. I can't change my ISO. Usually it doesn't even take that to blow them away. All it takes <laughs> is uh, just no seriously showing them that you have to set everything right. yourself. I've had it like, referred to. You have to what? Is it Why? broken? Why? I've had it referred What's to it do? as I don't understand those F thingies. Oh, no, seriously, there I've are a lot. No, I'm not. I'm not saying this about everybody that shoots digital. There are a lot of oh, very, there are a lot of very well informed people out there. Yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah. digital is a great way for people to kind of cut their teeth on you know photography in general. And then you know when you're confident, you can grab anything. You can grab a Hasselblad. You can grab an eight by ten. You can do whatever you want and shoot confidently with it. But so, do you think a lot of people who are shooting digital are coming to this and you talk with have? Or like their brains are only using ten percent of that camera's potential. If that, really? Mm. Yeah. Well, even the even the folks that are buying the the top of the line camera, they're probably buying it because it it can focus really really fast and it can take a focus lot of really photos fast. really yeah, really fast. Of, what are they megabytes? What, yeah, a lot uh, of megapixels. What are, what are the yeah. uh, megapixels? Are there event shooters who are using digital SLRs that are really just putting it in P for set it and forget it and just shooting their stuff? Camera monkeys? No, yeah. no, there are none. <laughs> Oh, you're saying, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Being oh, that's a camera monkey. Yeah. Drives me nuts when I go to a wedding. Yes. Digital photographer. Yeah, they're, doing, they're practically doing video. <laughs> uh, the flash is pointed behind them. Oh, that's In nowhere, and, you know. I'm thinking, oh, oh, but the camera compensates so well. They're just seeing They the don't image. even know. Yeah, but they got it on there, and it's firing, but it is not lighting anything in their general direction. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's still just as many super well-trained professionals that they will roll with whatever you throw yeah, at them. A true. good house, when I say a house, I mean a good photography studio that's booking a wedding, they'll vet their photographers before. They won't just send out a, a monkey. Mm. You yeah. love that No, word, I mean, there that. are, like yes, I said, there's, I more, there's more on the market now. So, like, there's that many more photographers out there so again the sample size is larger and you're going to get better and better and you're going to get worse and worse are too. there moms and dads who decide we need extra money i'm gonna start shooting weddings on yeah. the side uh, oh, seeing your portraits they, yeah they start with portraits mm-hmm. first okay. and then some of them will usually the ones that, that end we're not up knocking in, it by the way what no, i'm just no, no, saying no. now the ones that end up in <laughs> weddings and i see them a lot i see okay. them way more than i am comfortable seeing them is so-and-so who's related to me's weddings coming up yeah I'm going to, instead of a wedding present, I'm going to buy this DSLR. I'm going to shoot their wedding. And I'm going to shoot their wedding. Yeah, yeah. Uncle Hank's got a good camera. Uncle Uncle Hank's got a (laughs) good camera. So, yeah. Some people really don't have the budget to hire a photographer. No. Photography is expensive for a wedding. Sure is. And then there's some people that, like, hire a photographer, do the whole thing, and just never pick up their proofs. You know, I'm just curious. (laughs) The people you see. Mm hmm. Every once in a while, you see, like, you know, photography studios. There's a couple. What are you talking about? Why are you laughing at me? Just, you're, you're in another world. You're so darn cute. I was like, oh, there's a guy. You know, there are people out there who pay, you know, all this money for to- photography for their wedding, then just never pick up the proofs. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I had the proofs. For us, the, I don't have the negative, so. For us, when we say wedding photographer, it's John and I, it's always like a generic Gene Gabelli. Yeah. Oh. Like, He's that's the it. Guy. He's the guy. <laughs> He's the guy. Gene Gabelli. 
Well, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> a photography studio. How, how do these people stay in business? Oh. In this digital age, I wonder. I mean... It, it's a challenge. You'll yeah. often see them if they're friends of yours talking about why hire a professional just to constantly exactly. keep that idea yeah, they have to keep their, their audience really trained you, you mm-hmm. can't just be a technician or a good photographer you also need to be part pt barnum you need to be a marketer i yes, think marketer do. first photographer all, be all the, the marketer hire the photographers but, well seriously you have to almost be a photographer second really it's it's about selling mm. yourself because yeah, I, you, I see folks and really this is not this is not a ding on them ding. Or a, a, you know on anyone really but like their, their photography is like, you're charging how much for a wedding? Wow. And they're just really that good at selling themselves. They're that much better connected. Mm. They're doing the, the real things you need to do to real in business, which yeah. is just be out there and right. and have some people you know as well as just are yeah, out there yeah, getting more contact. I guess you can't forget that it's a business. Yeah, it's a business first. So, And you do have to kind of treat it like that. Yeah. And the ones that are successful do treat it like that. They come to a professional store. They don't really care about the people that come into a, a camera store to you know, spin your wheels and geek out about yeah. gear. They're most of the ninety percent of the time are not the professionals. Yeah. They're they're the prosumers. Nothing wrong with prosumers. They make up a huge majority right. of the market. Yeah. But um, the professionals, they're business people first. This you know this this is a tool. This is, and mm-hmm. that's and they're the ones that constantly kind of bring us all back down to earth and tell us. Nice yeah. toys, but they're tools. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there must be high-end photographers who shoot only on film. As yes. W- mm-hmm. As well as, John, I believe there are a few companies out there who shoot the videos on film, if you can believe that. Wedding yeah. videos? On 16 millimeters. Our friends yeah. Tim Healy used to do that. That's, he sold his business oh. that Tim, way. Oh, Very unique. Okay. He used to shoot, you know. Segments, like highlights. But it, no, Yeah, it wouldn't be the whole video. It would just be like maybe a two-minute, three-minute, five-minute, whatever right. it is. Mm-hmm. I, get, I don't know what his packages were, but it would just be music mm-hmm. and, you know, silent images. And here we are at the dusk of 2014. The curtain is falling on 2014, mm-hmm. and yet still, thank God, film still gives you a whole different look oh, than yeah. digital technology. Yes, even, even though there are countless programs out there to try and make your stuff look the like digital film. but when you see a really unbelievable digital shot of yeah. like a sunset or something yeah it makes me want to cry you know like, what that is digital so technology is so good but it's so different aren't these cameras taking multiple shots different f-stops and then oh, merging them yeah. together there are people that are oh, doing whatever. that and um actually there's speaking of wedding studios there's a a, a well-known local wedding photographer in Columbus that I see I see him in the shop all the time and I always talk to him about stuff and that's his new thing is he'll do those stitched images with like, oh, an, F, stitched with like, images. With like an F1.4 mm-hmm. lens he'll stitch like 80 frames it's usually just the bride and the groom shot 80? yeah like 80 some frames he has them hold real stuff it's basically like shooting a large format image but he stitches it together for the um, I can't remember what the name of the technique is but it, it, it once you stitch them together it's that much bigger of an imaging surface and mm. since it's all shot very close to f14 it looks like a large format image with the the insanely shallow depth of field right. going mm. on throughout the rest of the image so that's nice um that'll cost you sounds like a lot of work yeah it, it will cost you he's <laughs> he's high end he's he's working it yeah exactly okay he's not just pointing and shooting nope. right yeah yeah exciting thrilling is it always making your mind spin spinning Hey, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're, we're, we're done, right? I, mm. Done? No, 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 not for the show. We're done with the light meter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the light meter and eight other topics. Hey, we'll be right back after this Mr. Brown break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> hey, it's Mike here with John. The Dark Room is a lab on the West Coast, and these days, because, you know, you're, we're all shooting film, but, you know, the big question is, where do I bring my film to get processed? Because mm-hmm. so many local labs have been closing, and even our local CVS, Target stores, Walmarts... It's diminishing. The Darkroom is an option, and they've really stepped up to develop all films. films. 110 film, 126 film, 35mm film, 620 film, 120 film, 4x5 film, 8x10 Wow. One-stop uh, shopping. Black and white, color print C41, color slide E6. E6. Uh, 120, 230, 5, 4x5, 8x10. The Darkroom. It's thedarkroom.com. They also do testing of awesome films like Lomo, X-Pro, Red Scale, True Black and White, Crossbird, Redbird, oh, Nightbird, oh, hey. uh, Infrared Films. All of us here at the FPP highly recommend you go there. They'll take good care of you. The Darkroom. Dot com. <laughs> Tell them the FPP sent you. Yeah. Hey, everybody. You know, back in 2010, yes, way back in 2010, I started chatting about, like, hey, why doesn't FPP, why don't we make our own 620 spools? Because at the time, back in 2010, it was so difficult to find a 620 spool. And, of course, 620 film is nothing more than 120 film. It's the same film. The only difference is the 120 spool and the 620 spool are different. 620 spools are much thinner, and they fit into the old Kodak brownies, some of the Ansco cameras, and just some of the 1950. 50s, 1960s cameras that quote-unquote took 620 film. There's no reason not to shoot with these cameras. You can get authentic, newly produced, mold-injected 620 spools right in the FPP store, filmphotographystore.com. So you can now roll any of your favorite 120 films right onto a 620 spool. Or if you don't want to roll, you could just buy 620 film right in our store world's largest selection of 620 films and it's growing every day get out those kodak brownies you will be amazed at the amazing images that can be made on those old kodak brownies get out your 620 film 2014 2015 and beyond 620 film thank you much i'm thou the yeezys yes mr brown Mr. Brown, after the Coscafes. Of course, all our Mr. Hey, we're back. Of course, all our Mr. Brown spots are all foreign. Mm-hmm. Like uh, a friend of mine sent me emails like, "Oh, you know, your Mr. Brown spot is in Greek. It's, it's a Greek. It's a Greek Mr. Brown spot." Mr. Brown is big in Greece. Yeah. Oh. Do you know they have cafes in other countries? Mr. Brown cafes. Yeah. Whoa. Wow. Like a yeah, Starbucks would be like Mr. Brown in Taiwan. That's like an that's all awesome. new label, isn't it? No. You oh. think they Disneyfied his character? So like Captain Crunch, they they <laughs> oh. made him. Of course, my preference friendly. is Havana. What's Havana, Havana iced coffee oh. made in New Jersey? Hey, of course. Oh God! But seriously, they, they, I New like Jersey it. is they're using a little. Havana. They're using uh, water from like a garden hose. <laughs> <laughs> a minerals. One that's out in the Vitamins hot. Vitamins. So. It's not brown because of coffee. <laughs> There's one guy in the factory. He's wearing a tracksuit. It's like filtering water. it. In. As long as it doesn't come from Louisiana <laughs> or Toledo. Hey, you know we're getting forgetful about our letters. Oh. oh. See, hey, read this. Hey. <laughs> Who this? Okay, Frank. This is from Bill Counts. 
One, two, three. Yeah, uh, his Flickr name is Ransomed, uh, Ransomed and Blood. Ransomed, yeah, he's an awesome him, photographer. Yes. What is that? All right. Hey guys, awesome photographer. I ordered a nine roll sampler pack from the store. The first Whoa. roll I shot was a roll of Eastman Double X five two two two. Wow, awesome yeah, film. I nice. love it. The sharpness, the rich blacks, the smooth contrast. Best black and white I ever shot. Thanks for all you do, and for all those who love to shoot film, keep up the good work. Bill Counts. Oh, you know Bill Counts there, John? I'm a friend of his. I'm the Flicker. You I are? I too, yes. Yeah. What's his Flicker name? Ransomed, Ransomed and Blood. Oh, I follow him, him on the Instagram. Oh, he's you on the Instagram, you too? your Instagram. Um, that's almost sacrilege. Nah. <laughs> right, now, I'm, now I'm looking him up. Uh, let's see. Yeah, All right, too. Bill Ransom. Why did that come up? What did you do? I don't know. This is the first page on Flickr. Mark would be happy for it. Here's a gentleman who Michael Watt, who's talking about how, how <laughs> talking about how quickly he gets his film from the FVP online store. What's Chad, he say? He says, uh, "Thanks. I got my film in three days from the East Coast to the West Coast." Film packaged real secure. Yeah. Thanks for taking care of all your listeners so well. We'll have lots of fun this holiday season taking photos both with my Diana F. and my Holga. Mm. Yeah. Two of my yeah. favorites. Your Shutterbug in California, Michael. Nice. Michael Watt. Look at this. Bill Counts has a Maine Coon cat followed. Oh, there you go. Here, read this. Read that. Who this? Matter. I'm not allowed yeah, to read, read anymore because that, read that guy a couple months ago. <laughs> yeah, read this. Oh, this one's okay. So this one's yeah. from Paul Alexin. Okay. And his Flickr name is Big Block Five Seven Two. Big Block. Big Block. Get your motor running. <laughs> I guess this might fall under podcast feedback. By the by the way, I impatiently wait for the next one and wish you guys could do three to four a week. <laughs> But I know that's not realistic. We talked. We, we read this one. We were, we were. I don't know if we read it or talked about it, but to do that, of course, it'll be one segment, five minutes long. Yeah. See you next week. You know, some podcasts are fifteen minutes. Yeah, they're quick. Are they're they? Quick. One, yeah, two, three. Yeah. Uh, now we're. Well, here's a good one. We got to saturate. That's a good one. All right, so this one's from Ron Britton, and his Flickr name is Photo Radis. Michael. I ordered an assortment of oddball films, mostly yeah. the Svima and Tasma. Yeah! Plus a couple Sweet. of Kodaks Smart from the FPP store. Oh. You shipped the same day, and the post office somehow managed it to get across the country by Monday. Another happy, it's quickly satisfied it's customer. We're not making this stuff up, guys. No, no this, is, this is from actual Jesus. FPP customers. All right. John, all frustrated on his tablet. Michael said, I sent you a package. I just go stand out front and wait for the mailman because it's <laughs> going to be there. He, oh, it looks like he's really interested in the TASMA, and he sent us in his email um, a link to their website, which is www.tasma.ru uh, forward slash en. Yeah, it's uh, somewhere over there. It's somewhere over there. It is. TASMA. It's... So the big, uh, he, he, I'm kind of skimming down here. Big question is, how practical do you guys think it is to slice down 70 millimeter oh. film down to 120, size? Well, we're, we're iron gloves. We've <laughs> we've got an answer for that. So 70 millimeter film. This because I, I thought of it. I was like, hey, Mike. Yes. Why don't you get? You you love being the little elf in the work in FPP workshop and cutting down film, X-ray for this. KTZ that. cuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Phil cuts. So how about cutting down some 70 mil? So we looked it up. 
And uh, it turns out, yes, seventy millimeter film is five millimeters too, too wide big. for the backing paper. So if you could slice down just that little That's bit, too much slicing. It's just a little bit though. In the dark. In the dark. All of it. But you can have custom-made film slitters. Welcome to Goat Hill, the sub club. And they will custom, and they're actually very reasonable. You just tell them what size you want. I would like 127. Your slitter's in the mail. Oh, no, wait a minute. But then you still have to put the backing paper on. Of course, but if you have 120 and you slit it to 127. This would be for someone that can only get a film stock that's made for motion picture into Mm -hmm. that. If you're looking to get that look. That all those all those guys. Yeah, but what about the sprockets? The sprockets. <laughs> you what? just cut it on the sprocket. Well, cut them off, or what would you do? You got one sprocket. Well, what about using the Vision Three film instead? That's what, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, some of that. Two fifty D daylight, two fifty ISO, yeah. or five hundred T tungsten. At, looking at that through a Hasse, yeah, that might be pretty sweet. Oh, you got sprocket holes though. Yeah, they, right. they do Minox like sixteen millimeter reloads. They do hit size. Oh, hit size. Yeah, we talked yeah, about that Yeah, 110s. Um, All right, what else? Got any more questions? Oh, no, that, mm-hmm. that, was, that was it. He was just uh, asking about the 70 mil. And, uh, yeah, thanks, Ron. Mm-hmm. Glad you like the FPP film Who's stocks. making fun of me now? Go ahead, go ahead. Who, me or him? No. Oh, you read, you read no. your own letter. It's, it's a John letter. Hey, Mike Dear and the John. gang. I have been re-listing to the entire FPP archive. Whoa. These days can take like And week. I just got up to episode 59. Wow. Oh, my so God. Really halfway there. This happens to be the episode of the Nikon N60 giveaway, which I won. Hey. Wow. wow. Did you travel back in time to get it? Trying I was the ninth off. emailer. I donated the camera to our local high school photography class. Mike mentioned that the winner of the camera should send the studio test photos in. And I am almost sure I forgot to do so. So here they are. Look, it's a picture, picture of you. It is. And of course, John, it's those glasses that you have on in the picture are like gone, right? They crushed. Oh, yeah, those <laughs> got killed. How, how did you lose those? Oh, I'm sure I sat on them or lost them or something. John wears uh, dime store glasses. How long ago glasses. was that? Episode 59. When was that? Oh, my. Oh, long time ago. So yeah, it was two well, years ago. 20, okay. Yeah, 2012. Yeah, wow. Those, those glasses are gone. So is my hairline. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I read this. This is from a gentleman who I think we all know. Do we know this person? We do. I love this guy. Owen McCafferty. Oh, Owen. Darlings, firstly, mm. I love the show. Oh. I love you guys. Oh. I love what you're doing for the industry. I love butter and also <laughs> chocolate. So, secondly, I have a question. Would it be possible for all of you to chime in on which film stocks specifically give a more retro, antique, <laughs> Period. Authentic. Look to the results. I'm going through a phase currently where all I'm using at the moment is point-and-shoot cameras Mm. that are pre-1979. I love all of your opinions on the subject. I know, as Leslie and Mike mentioned to me before, some of the vintage look is hard to recreate because of lost paper stocks. Yeah. But I have to believe, or at least want to, that the look can still be achieved without massive amount of digital yikes. Yikes! <laughs> Post work. I would also like the answer to the meaning of life. <laughs> no, you can't say 42. Damn it. May the exposures always be in your favor. 
As always, keep calm, shoot film. See you in May. This is before he attended the walking workshop okay. where we did meet Owen. Mm-hmm. Owen M. McCafferty the second. Yeah. 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 Owen works for Vitamix, and he said, maybe I can get FPP a Vitamix oh, mixer. I remember him talking There's about it. Yeah. Lucille Ball, Vitamix, Vitamix. Uh, the the big expensive. Vitamin? Yeah, no, Vitamix. Let me ask you a question because yeah. I make shakes every day. Is this mm-hmm. a blender? Yes, it's it is. Oh, it's an high end. Sort of like yeah. a bullet, Nutribullet? No, it's better. Bigger, better. big, it's the best. yeah. Oh, it's, it's the best. He gets slip one out the back door. Uh, he Christmas does international sales. Out of the trunk. He just yeah, pull up. You open up the trunk. Like, oh, yeah. hey, what do you got? I know what Mike wants for Christmas. Yeah. Uh, well, he said, and I said, oh, I don't know if you should give FPP one or not. Although, dudes. No, he didn't say that. Uh, he did. He says, maybe I can get you one. I said, you know what they're going to do with it? They're going to put Tim Tams in it, no. and they're going to no. put in a Mr. No. Brown and set up a spin. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? My public profile is very junk food oriented, but I am 180 degrees since January. Great. I don't eat. Yeah, you're you're Mr. You're Mr. Cold Seafood Salad. Here, I here yeah. I indulge, but yeah. just a bit. I am very strict these days. It's mm-hmm. good. Avocados, bananas, uh, spinach, raw spinach, kale, kale, love kale, kale. Yeah. flowering kale. kale, oriental kale. I think that probably that's why I like the the Shvima 200 is because it looks like I shot when I first mm. started shooting. It has. To me, it has a little bit of that vintage look. Mm-hmm. And that's why I just think Definitely. it's killer. But, of course, and a lot of times it does look like the uh, Rolly Retro 80. Mm-hmm. So there are just yeah. some film stocks which that naturally do retro this. Look, yeah. I mean, if everything looked the same, we wouldn't need it. Well, if film stocks. If Owen doesn't want to limit himself to the point-and-shoot cameras, there's a lot of any of the older medium format and large format cameras. Really, anything that has a... A single coated or an uncoated lens. He has those. I think he's going to enjoy some of the new six twenties. Yeah. yeah, it's going to it's going to mm-hmm. give you that vintage look. With no matter what film stock you have, because it's all about what the lens is doing. If that oh. lens is is going to have, sure. almost should I, no I should send like an email sales pitch to Owen about the FPP store and that uh, Kodak Flash Mite twenty. I don't think you'll have to. He's probably already on it. But okay. yes, yep. Just, um, just a reminder. Here's little a little reminder. Oh, by the time he gets to this episode, it's going to be next year. Or you could just send it. <laughs> now, Owen is not in Ohio, right? He's in Cleveland, He's Cleveland yes. Yeah. Isn't it true? I know I shouldn't be like promoting free stuff, but couldn't you just like hop in his buggy and like if he like sashayed into, imagine that, isn't it true? You'd probably have a 620 film camera for him. Uh, or was I that think be me being too presumptuous? No, I have three banker's boxes that say 620 on the outside, so... She's got a couple. Yeah. In the original boxes, if yeah. we want to go As long that as far. he has a blender in his other hand. Oh, that's right. Oh. And I don't cook, so I'd give the blender to you guys. I just wet our beak a little bit. Hey, no. Vitamix. <laughs> I mean, my kale's always eaten raw, so I don't even bother. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. Yay. We hey. love you, Owen. Yes, we do. <laughs> hey, we'll be back right after this. See this little baby? No other pocket camera does what it does. It's unique. Because only the new Kodak Ectralite cameras have built-in Sensolite Flash. Sensolite Flash turns itself on and flashes automatically when you need more light. It even turns itself off. You'll never worry about flash again. These new cameras with Sensolite Flash are the easiest to use Kodak pocket cameras ever. I trust my stories to cameras and film from Kodak, America's storyteller. Breaking news. The Film Photography Store is now stocking fresh 110 film. And if you don't have a camera, 110 new and vintage cameras. That's right. Filmphotographystore.com. Support the FPP. Check out, try, revitalize your interest in 110 film. 110 film is back. You thinking about trying it? (laughs) 
You've never shot 110? Now's the time to do it. Filmphotographystore.com. We're carrying the new Lamography, the Orca 110 Black and White. That's 100 ASA 110 film. The Lamography Tiger. Meow. Tiger 200 film. That's 200 ASA color film. And the Fugatsu. <laughs> 400 color film. That's 400 ASA color film. Now's the time to check it out. Filmphotographystore.com. It helps the FPP. Very appreciative of all the folks that have been to the Film Photography Store over the last year. Please do check it out. Thank you very much. Hey, we're back. Leslie, I think you have one of these... WTF type cameras. You, oh my goodness! You call it a, what do you call it? What is your uh, the bridge a bridge camera? A bridge camera. Mm-hmm. I call it the what the f camera. A bridge over troubled waters. Well, camera? you know can what? You just, That's uh, what? yes, can very you, much can so. You just do the. We'll be right it's back. It's a very hey, strange. Back. Just, just. But okay. it's the, the troubled Lawrence. waters sure, too. Okay. You know, we got to come okay. up with some more cameras. Ready? Yes. Go. Hey, uh, we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. Hey, we're back. Hey. Hey. Because people just don't know. They, they, yeah, right. They, they don't well, they do. If oh. they said it on the show, folks listening, you know, yeah. when we take our break, you know, <laughs> it's not a break. I, there, you so know, large. we're usually crunch for time here in the studio, and we, this uh, podcast goes into post production where I edit in the commercials. What? So this you, isn't live. So usually, you know, when we take a break, it's like, okay, we'll be right back. Hey, we're back. There's literally one sliver. I don't know how you edit it. Sometimes. Of space. <laughs> For me to actually put a spot in. Only be, I do it because what happens if I say we're taking a break, everyone will and drift away. <laughs> it would you take know, two days. Who has a head in the fridge? Right. Mm-hmm. Who's out in the hall? Hey, who's Dane stop smoking? Yes. Whoa. Good for him. We all quit smoking. Good for him. Good for him. I quit smoking Sweet. a year and a half. Good, Good for him. Wow. Anybody here smoke? No. No. <laughs> you know, like puffing cigarettes. Yeah, yeah Winston's. Yeah. 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 Uh, look, I'm not here to get on a soapbox, but... <laughs> Most likely, they will murder you. (laughs) (laughs) John, you got off. You felt, I mean... year and a half. Yeah. It was just too much. Too much. I I really enjoyed it, though. It was the hardest thing ever. No one's here like, oh, I'm going to vape it up. Uh, I tried the vape. It just wasn't as satisfying. So I'm like, F it. You could just triple the nicotine. No, I didn't need the nicotine. I'd like oh. to. I'd like to see the smoke. The oh, okay, interesting. I work well, with, you know I work what? With I absolutely <laughs> love to see photographs of men smoking. Especially if you listen to a lot. Do you like of, to see them? Or? I do. Especially if you listen to a lot of Serge Gainsbourg. Super amazing. So anyways, we're talking about Leslie's camera. This is a bridge camera. And I also titled this and put this in the segment, What Were They Thinking? Yeah. Um, Minolto usually doesn't get wacky, do they? No, but you know, this is the time, 90, 91, where it's either a point-and-shoot or a high-end, and, and they just need to come out with something different. Here we go. That what is different. Look at these guys. I need pictures. Okay. Uh, look. okay. What is the crazy camera of this shit? crazy camera is a Minolta. Whoa. It's a Freedom Zoom 105i. Doesn't have an American flag on it. It does not. 
Typically it came in black, special edition dealers could get it in this pearl surface. I actually kind of forgot about this camera. I used to sell it new. You did? Um, I did. Did v you sell any? Uh, very, why not? $462. That's a lot of money for a point and shoot. And that was the black version. The white version is always a little bit more because Jeez. there are fewer of them. The pearl, I should say. So today this is 800 and a half. Wow. And you know, it's funny. I People are talking about this and they call it the brick and I'm thinking, oh, contraire. No. This is not the brick. That ain't no Argus. This ain't no Argus. Interesting, a, a different design. As many as those bridge cameras were, Something that looks different. It looks like it's APS. It's not. It is 35 millimeter. Uh, very quality leaf shutter in here. Oh, leaf shutter. Yes. Jeez. And I start. This is the beginning of the I start era. So you flip mean? the camera on, and as soon as your eye gets within millimeters, will you hold that up? From the oh, there we go. It's got an eye sensor. It does. It has an eye sensor, and the eye sensor starts the focus. Uh, starts charging the flash if it's dark, and the part that drives me nuts is this is the APZ camera. APZ. APZ. <laughs> which was the advanced program zoom. It thought it could zoom for you. How? But how is that possible? If it senses a lot of little small figurey things in there. Contrast. Yeah. Yep. Contrast comparison, pretty much. Uh, predictive autofocus. Well, you don't but want, people don't want cameras to zoom for them. No. no. No, they don't, but they always want a lot of zoom in them if you're a consumer. The more yeah. zoom, the better. Because they, they don't like to get close to things, it's so they got can a 100x zoom? I don't now, want it. there's the manual there, right on top. Is there film in there? There is not, but I've shot film with it. Oh, is that so on your Flickr stream? It, uh, if not, it will be. Um, 35-105 lens. Will you be bringing that to Lee Sushi? Probably this. not. No, no because it, it is uh, reportedly exceptionally sharp. It has the Maxim autofocus technology, but that darn APZ drives me nuts. You APZ. I'm always, it always takes me time to do what I want to do because it's never right. Because it's doing something else. So you it's can override it manually, the zoom? You have to manual. do it manually, but you can't turn it off. <laughs> Japanese version was uh, the Apex 105. The Riva was in Europe. Will you hold that up? I, I didn't feel that my version was incredibly sharp. I probably shot maybe some Tri-X in it. You know, how can you screw up Tri-X? Today, black ones don't even sell. Why? Not a lot of people know about them, care about them, want them. How many are out there? Uh, I suppose there's probably 30 on eBay all the time. Uh, NIB? Oh, my God. New in box? Typically not. Okay. Typically not. The white ones, because they're a lot less at this pearl surface. Maybe well, you could pick I one up for ten bucks. Ten bucks. Yep. I mean, it's it's really. Uh, look at that. Yep. There it goes. It didn't auto zoom. Wow. Well, look at something actually, and it's pretty dark, but. But now. Yeah. It's like it's like Robocop. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Come quietly, or there will be trouble. You know, it's just trying to grab some of those dollars that were getting difficult to get. Not for $400, though. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah. It, ha well, it senses the uh, uh, the uh, DX code? Yes, it does. Do you know, like, relatively speaking, what your average point-and-shoot would have costed back in the day? Uh, 200 and under. <laughs> so that's with, a pretty with expensive a lot camera. of them hitting in at that 99 and 129. Mm. Yeah, very expensive. All the bridges were, though. And it's, it's weird. It, just the size of the camera, it doesn't look like something you would find at your, uh, your Goodwill or any of your secondhand mm. shops because it looks a little more substantial, but exactly. not that much more. It looks uh, industrial, like a medical camera or something. It's, yeah. um, maybe because this one's the pearl, sir, pearl. You're right. I've uh, never seen it at 
secondhand shop. Yeah, like someone would this think they one had something, and then they probably look at came it. in. Somebody somebody dropped it off like a box of puppies, and, and I thought, <laughs> oh my gosh, I haven't thought about this camera in years. Mm-hmm. So and there was a reason. Um, yes. Actually, what brings more is this a proprietary lens cap. Oh, geez. That, yeah. you know, people lose these and they want to put a lens cap on them. And That's so weird Those looking. will bring 15. What's this little thing? It covers the... Uh, Sensor? Yes. Uh, and your, eye, your, your viewfinder, as well as the lens. Well, that's nice. So, it is. Um, I... I uh, hi. Hi, Mike left with you it. Know, before these wind up, because as you know, I love bridge cameras. But after I'm done with them, they get tossed into like a heap. But before they get into the heap, I'm so thrilled. So I went into my little stash. Uh huh. I found like a 15 exposure roll. Uh huh. You can uh, shoot it up. And this has, you've noticed the beautiful hand rolled, the new label. I love these metallic labels that you've had done. Beautiful. They're they're metallic because the DX code works. Mm hmm. And we experimented in-house. We're digressing a little bit. Mm-hmm. The DX code, the initial ones were inkjet printed for test. Yeah. The camera, it doesn't reflect off of paper. So the DX code... Because that's a contact. Metal. That's contact in there. Jeff, Jeff, you know Jeff, whose light table yeah, this is? Jeff. Jeff. He researched, found a company that could print a metallic label. That's crazy. Excellent. And, you know, originally they wanted to use that DX coding in film sorting, too. So open this up here. Open it there. I'm loading the, what's this called? Uh, this is the 105, the Freedom 105i. I'm now putting the roll of, and this is Eastman Double X, which we all love. John's a new lover of the, mm-hmm. you like the creaminess of it. I love it. Isn't it smooth? It's awesome. What am I doing? There you go. This way. No, this way. It looks like a film noir movie. Oh, there we go. There you go. Now, I drag the thing over to. To the mark. The mark. The mark's far away. Well, Sure. And it's all the way, it's like, you know... Always okay. complaining. <laughs> Actually, you're the complainer, John. No, you are today. Okay. Will, the D- <laughs> will the DX say, will the DX code say something in a window so I know? You'll have to tell me. Okay, just it snap up. it. Yep. Ooh. Okay, it's loaded. Yes. How it doesn't do tell know? you what the film speed How is. How do I know what the film speed it is? It is. How do I know? It is. But can, <laughs> can it tell me? No, I cannot. What are you going to say? Uh, uh, I'm just I'll, curious I'll, what I'll the... Let's see. It's too complicated for your average person to like tell you what the ISO is. Yeah, no. Yeah. They don't yes. need, they don't need to know worry that. About it. Don't worry yeah. about it. Yeah. It's, right. it's there. Just press the button. All right. What I would love... Well, the reason I wanted to load it was because I was just so captivated by the zoominess of it. The zoominess. And I wanted... So zoomy. Got your finger over the flash there, Can buddy. you make kind of a silly face? Me? Yeah. Born with one... <laughs> Uh, I believe this is a clown nose. <laughs> I like that. Oh, this is so much fun. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's fun for now. Oh, it, it zoomed back out. It, like when I took the shot. It, yeah. See, it started. There you go. You stick your eye up there, and away it goes. Take your eye away. Take, uh, Take your eye away. Uh, oh. oh my god, that's crazy it Must uh, suck up battery juice yeah, yeah, that's what it's there to do Well, you know, too, and, and oh. a lot of these have eye start And John, make, if you wear them around Wait, 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 wait I'm zoomed in, I got my shot uh-huh. And then I went to, to, to cause Shade it, shade it like, nope. And it zoomed out yep. it probably, Yeah, I saw a little shadow of somebody. Oh. <laughs> It's so it, annoying it's there sort of go. like has a mind. It's like it's like no, I, I don't. Want, you're zoomed in way too far. Allow me. It's like you're zoomed way too too much for that it's face. It's the Frank Sinatra camera. It knows better than you do. What were they thinking? 
I it's think, not letting me. No, because you are too close for the telephoto, the minimum focus. It's like R2-D2. There you go. Now, that could be wonky because you're covering the flash a little bit. Uh, Look at that. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I broke it. Hey, uh, John, photobomb that, Matt. Wait a minute. Let's all photobomb. This camera is crazy. <laughs> it is just irritating. You can just throw this out the window onto, on I-80, aren't you? I don't live. At like 60 miles an hour, so it'll like hit the pavement. At and I can watch it bounce. Be like, <laughs> it doesn't take much to, that, you know. That'll be you, a chair camera for Imagine That. It'll it just will sit be. there on the chair. The chair camera. Yeah. I figured out how to lock the back. We were trying to figure out how to lock the back. Folks at home, we have these lovely studio chairs that I think oh, the better be. part of five years, sure. we've been trying to figure out how they work. Yeah, and right. John has cracked I the code. I figured it out. Not so stoops. Now there, it zoomed exactly as I wanted. Now it's too close. <laughs> Want me to teach you how? It would be so baby. great if I could teach sure. you something. Sure. All right. Now it's also on the left button. having the right uh, uh, red-eye reduction thing, Ooh. the double flash, <laughs> which we can turn off. <laughs> a little, a little, Stop uh, making every one of those motions. Did you say this is about a 15-ish? He's talking about chairs. I know. I tried not to name it. Exposure, 12 exposure. 15. All the way up. 15. Yeah, shoot okay. it out if you want. If you want to get us all goofing around. Sure. So then put it where yeah. you want. Uh-huh. Just give it a little. Oh. Whoa. So it's, it's just goofing off. And it's wow. Like, we're, we're discovering something new. My chair is like 20 times as comf now. Oh, good God. Hey, thank you, Leslie. Do you want to shoot that out? You're welcome. I'll shoot this out. It's within frames. So. Roll it out, baby. <laughs> we're going to be back right after this. Do you get an index print that makes it this easy to order reprints? thought not. What you need is an advanced photo system like Kodak Advantix. It's a different kind of film, a different kind of camera. Together they can help you take better pictures. This Christmas, why not treat someone to a Kodak Advantix gift box? Hey, this is Michael Rosso, host of the Film Photography Podcast, and a huge thank you to folks out there who have donated to the FPP over the last few months or year. If you love the FPP and really dig the podcast and continued blogs, videos, then please consider donating to the Film Photography Project. And you could do so very easily by either finding a camera, a film camera that works, and consider donating it to the show. Do you have any excess film that you're not shooting? Or if you can make a contribution, you could easily do that on the FPP Film Photography Project site and click Donate. Everything that's received is used for the Film Photography Project and its podcast for our monthly giveaways and any monies that are made in the FPP store just fuel the podcast. Let's keep these shoes going. The Film Photography Podcast. It's here for you. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. Hey, we're back. Whoa, what happened? What I miss? Matt's here to talk hey. about get a frickin' tripod. And this is the holiday season. Yeah. 
you have approximately like ten days to go out and get this freaking tripod. Yeah, easy. 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 You can call Matt. Call yeah. Just give me a call. Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Hey. I will forward it right to Matt. Yeah. Because he works closely with the guys at Midwest. You Very. Probably could be like, hey man, what's your credit? What are your digits? I'll ship it right to you. Yeah, I'll, I'll take your order over the phone. Yeah. Right. I've Santa deliver it. No. So in the in the words of of the famous Professor Jeff, get a freaking tripod. Oh. You know, if you're gonna do anything in low light, it's get a freaking tripod. I don't have a freaking tripod. Get you. Get a freaking tripod. You, just, yeah. you need you need one. I need one. You do need one. So listen. No. All right. All right. No. So, so you, what uh, what well, are you looking to do? I got my six forty five uh-huh. my Mamiya. Okay. Uh, I got the Roller Flex. Mm-hmm. What's the, so the heaviest one's gonna be the Mamiya. Mamiya for sure. What's the biggest it has the lens? Winder on it. What's the biggest one lens? Uh, I got a thirty five with like a two hundred millimeter. I got my my okay. Minolta X seven hundred with like mm-hmm. two hundred. Okay. Millimeters. So you're looking like six pounds of camera or something like that. I guess so, right? All right. Yeah. The best, the best bang for your buck. In yeah, a, I don't in want to tr- tote around something really heavy. No, you, that's got way too many features. Exactly, but you also want it cheap. You don't want to break the bank, right? That's oh the, yeah, for you, sure. Usually, the the first like ten things people want that it boils down to. I don't want to spend a lot of money. I want it to be as light as possible. I want it to be super compact. That's usually everything. Normally, the best aside from price is you want the, the carbon fiber because they're going to be light. Mm-hmm. They're going to usually be compact, really easy to use. But they're going to be expensive because of carbon fiber tripod. Uh. Um, there's a company out there called MeFoto. They make a uh, they make a tripod called the Road Trip. Ah, it sounds right up my alley. The Road Trip road is trip. great. The legs, the, the legs fold up on themselves on top of the column, and it makes it. I think only like 16, 18 inches. It can go probably up to chin height on you, John. Really? And it can hold 17 pounds. Can it, is it fully collapsible, the legs? Yeah, they're fully, when they're collapsed, they're literally this, this okay. tall. That's it. And so it has like, a little... little no, I'm saying when, when they're extended. Flat out, like a grounder. Oh, um, they can go, yeah, they can go as flat as you need. But okay. it's as much as the column will allow. So I the see. center okay. column is about, it's probably that same 14, 16 inches. Okay. But you can go pretty low to the ground if you need to. With oh, you. nice. Now, the hardest decision on the Mi photos is they come anodized in one of like 12 colors. The hardest ah. decision is what color do you want. And what, what I tell folks when they're looking for a tripod... Because you need a freaking tripod. You need to get one. Take your heaviest, the heaviest thing you've, just like I was talking to John, mm-hmm. the, the heaviest thing you plan on putting on that tripod, double it. And that's what you want the capacity of your tripod to be. The head also has to be able to hold the weight of what you're going to throw on it. Because mm-hmm. let's say you have a great set of sticks, but then you have a head that can't hold anything. Well, you're up wow. a creek. All right, how about leveling? How easy is it to level? It's, it's got the ball on oh, the bottom there? Was, it comes with, I forget, yeah, it comes with um, a ball head and a quick release plate. So you're all mm-hmm. set to go. That's okay. the complete package. Uh, it comes with what's called an Arca Swiss plate. That's the nice little slide in one that has the security screws. Okay. Uh, it has the bubble level on there. Bubble so level. it's easy to level on the sticks and on the head. So Is it like a little, you know, like yeah, faucet thing on the bottom? Yeah, it's just like three little knobs, one okay. for one for the uh, rotation, one mm-hmm. for the ball head, and one for tension. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing video, you can actually adjust the tension, have it be a little more fluid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they make a great tripod. <clears throat> I have one. This is one. If you're the large format guys, hey, you have nothing good to say about my Bogan over there. <gasps> Bogan, Lester Bogan. Bogan. Bogan sticks are good. Now Bogans are of course Manfrotto now. Manfrotto. I know. I love my Manfrotto Bogan. I do. I still call it Bogan too. Exactly. Yeah. I'll pan them. Left side is John and yes. <laughs> right side. Because you gotta, gotta okay. you know. No, okay, you the, guys. Uh, uh, Bogan, or the Manfrotto's anymore. The brand new ones, I've, I've gone completely away from click locks. 
What's that? Clip? Oh, the I legs. see, and it's, that's the only thing I carry. Yeah, the, the legs on the, the Manfros have flip locks. Mm-hmm. So you mm. have to, like, open the... Yeah, flip it open, and then the leg shoots down. Shoots. I do a lot of stuff, you know, outside. Sometimes dirt or sand might get in the, the legs of the tripod. You need, tripod you need to be able to clean it. So these are sealed. Uh, they're, no, they're not sealed, but they're twist lock. Right. And yeah. what happens is these can completely come off, and if I need to clean it, I can, nice. I can you know, clean it. You can clean it. <laughs> so uh, what's nice about these click locks is in the winter, you know, we're in the winter months now, I have gloves on. These big click or twist locks, I can have gloves on, and I have to take them off to do really anything. You can really get your, your hand around there with yeah. a pair of gloves. And this is, uh, I forgot to mention what this is, this is an Enduro uh, tripod. I have a review of it on, uh, on my, my own .com. Uh, we'll post it in the show notes, but this is the Enduro CT414. This is the biggest thing they make. Uh, it's for the 8x10, so I need it to hold all my 8x10s. One of them gets really hefty. It weighs about, with, with the heaviest stuff on it, it can get upwards of 25 pounds, so oh. I want something that can handle 50, 60 pounds. This is it. What would you put on there that would be 60 pounds? Nothing, but it's twice the, again, it's twice the maximum weight I plan mm-hmm. on putting on there. And the reason you say twice is because yeah. tripod ratings are always, uh, the poundage ratings are always at when the center column is completely down oh, and when it's centered. So I when see. you uh, get off center, when you're leaning in towards something, if you're in an awkward position, just like us humans, it changes the center of gravity. Mm-hmm. And the further out we move the center of gravity from the, the strongest part, which is the center part of the column, or the gotcha. center part of the, the, the bridge where the legs meet, I believe it's called the cradle. Uh, the further out you get from there, the weaker your sticks are going to be. So you, Science. So you want them to, uh, you want them to be pretty heavy duty. Get a friggin' tripod. Oh my God. Get a friggin' tripod. Yeah. That's great. It's, it's like 3D. It's like I'm holding yeah, a shotgun yeah. at somewhere. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nice. But yeah, I, I encourage folks, yeah, it, it might seem tedious to have oh. a tripod, but people that you know complain about sharpness and like mm-hmm. oh look look i handheld this one second at, yeah. at f8 no you didn't yeah no it, you get a freaking tripod <laughs> ross even, <coughs> even during even during the daytime well what about uh, if if um money's no object money's no object get so get so get so yeah they make what's so great about them uh they why make, do i got a gets me a get so they have get spectacular some. carbon fiber tripods they have a s- ultra lightweight Super lightweight. Ultra thin, ultra light lenses. <laughs> they make a uh, the the one gets the Gitzo equivalent of this of this guy I have. This yeah. guy I think is, is, is like six hundred fifty bucks. That's six hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, the holy shnikes. Uh, but it can oh. go all, you know almost eight feet in, in the air. The Gitzo one they have it's called the Giant. It's yeah. a five section tripod which folds up smaller than this guy. Wow! It can go thirteen feet. That's crazy. And Hold hold eighty five pounds. That's crazy. Feet. Yeah. yeah. And but the Gitso, it's also thirteen hundred dollars. Eighteen hundred dollars. Oh my god. Whoa. So, but again, money's no object. So yeah, hey, yeah, hey, yeah, cool. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like give me two. Yeah. <laughs> but Manfrotto makes a good tripod. Uh, no, they don't. Yes, they do. No, they, they make an excellent tripod. They do. I've been using one since nineteen eighty five. Yeah. And yes. Again, use sticks. Don't be afraid of use sticks. They're just heavier. Now, are there? Um, I know when I was shopping around a little bit, I saw tripods that would have columns that you could take out so that if you wanted to shoot really low to the ground, you could put the column. Yeah, this, this, en- this Enduro I have does Enduro. that. Enduro. Yeah. So used to call them the, the grounders. Yes. And I actually have, for my Cenar uh, monorail camera, I put a different head on it, hmm. and it keeps it lower to the ground, and it only puts the column down two inches. Yeah. Or it's a separate column. So I just drop, or I undo this guy. There we go. There. Take the bottom off. There you go. And my column's out. Now, uh, I want to get me one of those types. 
great. <laughs> Where I can remove the column. Yeah, they're, uh, the oh. Enduros the do it. Column? En Enduros yeah. do it. What's like the ben cheapest one? Benros do it. The cheapest one where the column removes is probably going to be a Benro. About two fifty. Um, no, it's probably going to be like uh, for aluminum. You could get one for uh, like one twenty-five. Yeah. No, but the aluminum is pretty lightweight. Yeah. For, for what you need, any of the tripods will do. And they're the screw, not the f the lever. They're, the new ones are twist lock. Twist lock, yes. Yeah. And you want? I I would say a lot of folks like those. Right, wait, I got to write this down now. Hold yeah. on. Are you excited, Matt? That John is so. Well, I really, I, I seriously believe that people. You just need a tripod to put your camera. On. And once you're used to carrying it around with the tripod, you're going to notice sharper results. Just. Mm -hmm. Just by not, you know, holding the camera. We shake way more than we think we do. Yes. And if you're doing any sort of, if you're doing landscapes, you're doing portraits, you're doing weddings, you better be having, you better have that camera on a tripod when you're doing formals. Okay. So say it again. What was the one with the removable? Benro. Benro. Hi. B-E-N-R-O. Also, Enduro, the I-N-D-U-R-O. Oh, Enduro. Yep. They make a good one. The other ones that are under that that family tree, the Me Photos, those are good. M-E-F-O-T-O. Those those don't have removable columns, though. But those are more cost-effective. Because, yeah, if I want to buy, like, a really good tripod with a removable column. Yeah. Now, there are higher-end versions of these guys. There's a British manufacturer called Three-Legged Thing. And, John, actually, you might... Let me just go, I'm just going to pull up their website because you would love their tripods just because of how they name them. All of their <laughs> they give them cute little names? They all have names, and they're all named after... Um, Fred? No, they're all named after singers. Oh, really? Yeah. The plant. You would, you would love these guys. The young... The uh, Frankie, oh, the, uh, which uh, Scott. folds Devon up Scott. and becomes a weapon. And when, when you read everything on this website, you have to read it in a British accent because they're, they're British. Sure. Oh, right. They have a really snazzy website, too. So A's three-legged thing. Let's pull up the tripods. And let's see. And these come with heads, do they? They have the travel. Yeah, read, read all the names. Brian. <laughs> Who's Brian? Brian Jones? No, probably a photographer. No, no they're all singers. Brian from uh, ACDC. ACDC. Eric, Jack, Keith, Jack Bruce, could be Jack Jones. Oh, Dave, Frank. Dave is the most popular one. They got yeah. a Frank though. Aye, aye, aye. They got a Tony, a Rick, and a W, a V, E Y V, Viv. Viv, yeah. From the young ones. Do, do they have a Darren? No. Yeah. <laughs> Dave is uh, the most popular one. Dave is the most popular one now. These guys are, they're not, Diamond they're not cheap. They're, uh, they're a bit on the pricey side, but they are <laughs> What are you doing? Sorry. Yeah, see, see, Dave Yeah, is, so that's like 500 Dave will bucks. set you back 430 bucks. Yeah. But they're solid carbon fiber tripods. Great construction. I, I've met the guy, the inventor of a three-legged thing. They're really, really nice. But I, I think, really, if you have a camera you, you care a lot about, heck, if you're shooting any sort of large format, get on it. Like, you, you need a tripod. Get it. Medium format cameras, any, anything that has a huge mirror, like your Hasselblad, your Pentax, get a freaking Doesn't tripod. It, let me ask you a question, Matt. Doesn't it kind of slow your photography down? Great. <laughs> <laughs> right? Slow it down. Think about what you... Yeah, definitely. Because uh, you're benefit. even saying, even if you're hand-holding it with the mirror slap, it's going to add... Yeah, it's going to add a little bit of shake. Now, you do have mirror-up options, but guess what? You're going to have to still hold it still. Yeah. Just get a freaking tripod. <laughs> it's, it's the answer to every, really if you don't if I don't see you know cameras on sticks I just kind of go uh, eh. uh yeah like really the only time I would not even be using a tripod with, with a camera regularly mm. is if it was something where it, uh, bringing in the tripod would be just a big ordeal or if I was using 
No, even when I'm using Flash, I have it on a tripod because I have to move around and move the flashes and How the model. How much does it slow you down when you're running from a bear? <laughs> Not a, you know what? I actually move faster. Yeah. And those twist locks Wait. saved my life. Oh. Yeah. yeah, right. If those have been flip locks, I'd be dead. bear factor. <laughs> Did you uh, talk about the mounts of um, oh, the what type of thread the, does it have? Is it like a... Oh. Five eights, three eights. What are we talking? Oh, they're all three eights. So everything in my mind is like bogan converted. I never cared for the ones that you 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 get a used tripod and the piece is missing on top. Oh, the quick, quick release, release plate. Plates. Oh, does this have a quick release plate? Um, yeah, all the ones I talked about have a what's called a Arca Swiss style quick oh. release plate, and those are all basically. Is that the hexagon? No, that's the Manfrotto. That's the Bogan Manfrotto, and Bogan Manfrotto has like three size plates now. Um, the mm-hmm. hexagon, and then they have two different kinds of rectangles. Yes. They have a rectangle that slides for the yeah. video ones, mm-hmm. and then they have yeah, yeah. the one that just kind of snaps in. And yeah. all the Manfrotto yeah. style, as soon as the plate goes in, it hits this little pressure plate here, right. and yeah. then it's, yeah, it comes yep. clacking down. Locks. Uh, these are great, but they can get this can get worn anytime you see this. this yeah. It's getting real, real worn. But obviously it works, holds a lot of weight. Uh, again, use sticks are really, really cheap, and... Tripods last a long time, guys. That's another thing to think about. You're paying they last for- your lifetime. Sure. Yeah, for the whole time you're shooting, really. Yeah. Uh, all of the tripods I purchased. This is my first new tripod. I've never had a new tripod. How how long how long ago did you purchase that? I purchased this guy back in January or February, and I it's got a ten year warranty on it, which means it's probably wow. going to last me twenty five years. Yeah. Because ten years, I mean, the the warranty usually only lasts as long as they want you to have it before you get. Interested Another in a new one. So someone taking care of it, it's going to last, yeah, your whole career. Yeah. How long have you had that piece? That I've had this one for, for just under a year. Okay. Have you shot with it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, just with it. What, yeah. what were you using before that? I was using an old, uh, well, I had two of them, and they were both old. But One was an old Bogan, one was mm-hmm. an old Manfrotto. Mm-hmm. But, the, but the same Manfrotto that was able to do all the things this could do uh-huh. weighed 25 pounds. Okay. So, I mean, this just... This what does that weigh? The, the tripod itself weighs five and a half pounds. How much total with the head? With the head, it's probably up to ten because the head's super heavy. Okay. It looks heavier than it probably yeah. is. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's but sweet. You like that tripod, John? Yeah. That's what you would want. But, I mean, look, I'm throwing, <laughs> I, I'm no, throwing that, a hefty that's camera That's more tripod than I need. Yeah. yeah. And you need Manfrotto. No, I don't. They, they do. They all make nice sticks. Again, it's personal preference. Go to your. It is personal preference. Go to your local camera store. Don't go on. Don't go online. You can't figure out anything you can't on touch. these. Touch. No. Even yeah. here in New Jersey, you have yeah. a Unicube photo, unique photo. Yeah, you can unique, walk in there. Unique's, they have a sweet selection too. Sweet. They, they carry Benro and Enduro. Um, they don't have so many of those, but they have a really a really swanky uh, Manfrotto section. Mm. I bet they do. So, <laughs> so check it out. You may find a Manfrotto that you like. Yeah, you'll yes. find something you yeah. like there. Don't be scared on the price. Oh yeah. Go to yeah. a local camera store. Oh, <clears> see that's the thing. Fill out a tripod. Price wise, this is an investment for your life. Yeah, yeah it's not something. Yeah, it's not like a camera. It's not like yeah. Don't cheap out. And you should really. Feel it. Yeah, and don't go to a Best Buy looking for a tripod. They suck. They all Terrible. suck. The ones they have there. Yes. This has been an awesome show. Yeah. It's very comprehensive, Leslie. Very much. We so. did a little shopping. We did. We did. We touched hearts. Yeah. What what to buy? What not to buy? We talked a little bit about Ring a Ding Ding, right? We talked about Frankie. Oh, uh, you and your Frankie. Oh, now, now he is. He shot me down. Some nice nice out. wig on that cover, by the way. Oh. oh. That's a wig. <laughs> You know what? If he was still alive and he heard you say that, <gasps> punch you in the face. He'd have you punch me. <laughs> Dead. He'd have you punch me right in the face. He's like, hey. Punch him. I'll, uh, I'll kick out Joey Bishop and you're in. This has been a fantastic year. 
I don't want to get all teary-eyed. End of the year. This is our fifth year. We're entering a whole new uh, year. Do I dare say? Do I take a deep breath and sigh? Oh, my God. 2015. Half the decade is over, Matt. Whoa. When I met you, Matt, you were almost a boy. Now you're a man. Now I'm almost a man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thrilled about next year. Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Our show notes are online, courtesy of our good friend Alex Laux, large format shooter. Yeah. Picture a day on TriX 320, the mm-hmm. bought from the filmphotographystore.com. A big shout out to, we have a lot of regular customers, regular. as we say here in Jersey. Regular, regular guys. Mm-hmm. Guys, I see the same names over and over ordering from the FPP store. And it's like, you know what? You guys love the store. And I can't tell you how excited I am that I see orders buying film. And it's like, it's so such a good feeling to know sending mostly that Kodak Alaris and some of that uh, Shmina film all over the globe. But people are shooting it and enjoying it. And I, and I, I, I say, <gasps> our FPP infrared color. Kodak Aerochrome. Mm-hmm. We are the last, the last post, the last depot on the planet to offer that. Wow! Rolled up. It's like wow. That's crazy. It is. You haven't shot with it yet. Have no, you? I have not. Oh, well, we need a yellow filter. Yeah. I think it's a yellow twelve. I use. Well, okay. mm-hmm. I, I picked on. up a yellow filter in California. I've got a bunch of filters. Really? From used camera store. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Do you take a picture of the sign? I think I must have, yeah. I want everyone to enjoy the holiday season, and I want everyone yeah. to enjoy... Uh, all those years ago, John, we shot the Looking for Santa, yeah. The Hungry oh. Dutchman. You like that, that one? That's my favorite. Yeah. Right when it's like... Start, first day after Thanksgiving, like that's on the YouTube. I'm watching it. <laughs> I found my 12-inch LP. Oh, Looking did you really? Santa. Wow. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. What's on the B-side? Found Santa. <laughs> I forget what's on the B-side. Yeah. Hmm. Well, going crazy, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, that gang, that group. We're going out with that what song, What was it, The right? Hungry That's Dutchman? Hungry, what's that? That's going to be our go-out song. Yeah. Right. Looking for Santa, and Santa's played by John Fideli in the video, which is on the YouTube. I will link it on our show yeah. notes. I share it at least twice a year. Yeah, yeah. it's like a, sort of like a tradition here about looking mm-hmm. for Santa. John and I were budding filmmakers back mm-hmm. then, you know, excited about shooting. It's one of the first things we shot on video, I think, when you got your job at Comcast. Yeah. I don't know what my favorite part is. Probably the, when you see like the tennis balls, like trying to be. Like, Those are insert shots. Oh, yeah. We put, remember, <laughs> the, the, we felt the video was moving too slow. Yeah. You put some insert shots. Yeah. Oh, okay. And the balls were bouncing as the stage yeah. were hitting the yeah. drum. Yeah, I remember that. We had a lot of fun. Yeah, good times. Good times. Yeah. Every Christmas is good timey. Hey, folks. <laughs> we're going to see you next year. Happy birthday. Yeah. See you guys. So, Bye. wait, what would Frank say? Ring a ding ding. No, <laughs> say be good to others, but most importantly, be good to yourself.